1: Hello, Mueller junkies. This is A.G., and I have some exciting news. We are going to be launching our new online store next Monday, August 20th. We'll have all sorts of new swag, along with all of your old favorites. And you'll want to buy your sexy justice calendar this week, if you haven't already, because starting August 20th, those are only going to be available for new patrons and at our live events. And speaking of live events, get your tickets to our next live show at this year's Politicon in Los Angeles. We'll be there October 20th and 21st, and we'd love to see you there. So mark your sexy justice calendars, and we will launch our new online store August 20th, and we will see you live on the podcast main stage at Politicon in Los Angeles in October. For details on both, visit us at MullerSheWrote.com, where you can always become a patron. We don't know what may come of us as our podcast grows, but if you become a patron now, you will always get the bonus episodes in the newsletter. We promise that we'll be part of any deal that we might make, so sign up now. You'll be glad you did. I work in Trump's executive branch until he purges me, at least. So for now, I use a pseudonym. With me, as always, is Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. What a crazy week, you guys. Um, I spent the week in D.C., and I got to meet Scott Dworkin and Robert McGuire and David Priest, as well as some listeners, including our good friend Janelle Hampton. Oh, yay! Um, her, Her friend was there. Uh, and I got to meet a wonderful sign holder at the Kremlin Annex uh, protests, and her name was April, and she was delightful. I got to speak at the Kremlin Annex protests as well, and I toured the White House, uh, so I was inside. That's so awesome! Uh, and I can't wait to take it back from the shit given. So, <laughs> I had a ton of fun. What did you guys do this week? I just kind of hung out. <laughs> <laughs> That's Definitely, good, though. downtime is nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. I did a lot of like uh, like mental health me days. Oh, good.
1: Yeah. And, and I know that you're working now um right. in your phone banking.
0: Yes, yes. That's <laughs> so great. It's political, too, which is so, so nice to do a job that feels relevant. I just call people, basically, and ask what their opinions are about Donald Trump and if i get them to continue answering after that question we ask more specific things but that's usually when people hang up the phone
1: yeah well that's so cool that's very important um that's one way that we can make a difference and um, i'm really glad that you're doing that what about you i
5: uh i started my first week on the job some fucking lady on twitter tried to get me fired because i responded to a trump status once and i said something very mild i was like you're a disgrace to humanity i can't wait till you're gone (laughs) whatever (laughs) can't wait till you die something really mild like that (laughs) and she and she comments i bet your employer uh, she tags uc san diego and she's like are you okay with your employers saying these things are you sure you want them on your like staff or whatever and then i responded i was like all right this is the most mild comment to try to get someone fired over first off uh and then she responds oh don't worry i've already contacted them and your supervisor and your yeah." just lists oh, like off she all knows these, who that is yes dude. dude and then i reported her on twitter and then they fucking got her oh nice yeah that's, that's good that's good
1: yeah, yeah. Somebody tried to fax some anti-gun thing I said on Instagram to <laughs> oh my to my agency, to the federal government. Like, just I don't know if they just picked a random fax at the federal government offices and sent it in there, but eventually made it down to my public relations officer, and she's like, "Hey, uh, this is hilarious."
5: What the fuck? <laughs> I can't believe these people literally are okay, just trying to ruin someone's life. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I don't think they realize that as government employees we have first amendment protections not well private industries don't have that remember, like remember the lady on the bike who flipped off the motorcade right she worked for a private company they fired her for that uh you can't do that in the federal government um because of first amendment protections so haha
5: yeah that's actually uc san diego is technically a public university there's no hatchback thing i have to worry about no. right okay we're no. basically privatized because everything's fucked but i still <laughs> tote around being a public university
1: so aside from all that uh, there was a ton of news this week. Um, Jalisa, you're going to cover an update on 666 Fifth Avenue or Satan's Tower, I like to call it. Oh, yeah. Um, Devil's Tower is actually a cool rock formation, so I don't want to call it that. So we'll call it <laughs> Satan's Tower. And Jordan has an update on Devin Nunez. I'm going to be going over Manafort's trial. And we also have some amazing guests this week, including Andrea Chalupa from the Gaslit Nation podcast. Uh, I had the opportunity to meet her sister in D.C. this week and that was a lot of fun they're absolutely great ladies full throttle in the resistance and i I love them both awesome and we have msnbc contributor and former u.s attorney under obama in birmingham alabama joyce vance she's one of my favorite uh, msnbc contributors so we're going to talk to her a little bit she answers and clears up some legal questions that i have since i am not a lawyer even though my name is ag (laughs) so uh we have a lot to get to so let's jump in with just the facts On Monday, we learned that a U.S. district court judge issued a ruling invalidating the Treasury's new rule that organizations such as the NRA do not have to list their dark money donors. Uh, I mentioned this possibility to Robert McGuire in a previous episode, so let's listen to that clip really quick. Now, could there be any uh, lawsuits filed against this decision um, that might uh, end up resulting in uh, a stay on this Treasury, this new Treasury policy, or is it just kind of nothing we can do about it until, unless Congress acts?
3: Yeah, I don't, I, I, I would say I haven't heard of anyone floating that idea, um, and
1: I feel like I would have if that was a possibility. So this is a big win for the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics, or CREW, in Washington, D.C., which is a watchdog group that ended up filing suit against the FEC. Uh, and that's what kind of I was speculating in that clip. Like, is anybody suing these mofos for this? Because <laughs> this doesn't seem right. Uh, they were doing it as part of the, whole, of the whole Citizens United dark money donors to super PACs. And, and this could have implications for this new treasury rule as well. This will, um, anyway, I, I, it's like a small, tiny step in the direction of repealing Citizens United. And I love it.
0: Yeah, I think it's beautiful.
1: Now, this ruling is likely to be appealed. Um, right. But, you know, we'll see where it ends up. It's It's good that it's being adjudicated Mm
5: -hmm. and the nra is losing support day by day so hopefully their appeal is weak as fuck yeah
1: (laughs) yeah they don't have any lawyers they have no money sad face progress is gradual but it
0: feels like progress
1: yeah and i we have to hand it to the parkland kids honestly totally yeah yeah. uh the kushner's family finally unloaded 666 and julisa has the details on that for us later in the show then you guys the craziest installation yet of the lube the truth tour trump admitted to collusion in a tweet. When he said that the Trump Tower meeting was set up to get dirt on Hillary. Right. And not only, I mean, he's been denying this forever and his lawyers have been saying, no, that's not the case. Uh, And not only does this mean uh, the president is admitting that his campaign conspired with a foreign adversary to get opposition research on an opponent, a political opponent, but it sort of tosses his son under the bus for lying to Congress about (laughs) the meeting. And it puts them both in the obstruction scope of the Mueller probe. Since admitting they fabricated the statement about adoptions, you know, the one that Corallo quit over, that, you know, yeah. the spokesperson, their legal team spokesperson, he was on Air Force One. He's like, I got I quit, you guys. I can't. He jumped off. This is, <laughs> yeah, he just parachute. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Eject. Woo. I'll
5: see you guys later. <laughs> just lands on <in> Mueller's arms. <laughs>
1: funk it's like <laughs> I knew you'd jump and he, he's I've got you <laughs> uh, so he's wearing his marine uniform in my head I don't know uh so yeah I totally threw Don Jr. under the bus that's that's insane it's so obvious to me uh that the lube the truth tour which is what uh, you know we call Trump and Rudy's attempt to get the truth out to his base slowly mm-hmm. so that if Trump ever does sit down with Mueller he won't have to lie to Mueller, right he's like putting off all these doing these negotiations putting off the sit down interview meanwhile kind of releasing the truth here and there a little bit so that he doesn't have to lie to pro- he's he's basically kind of he knows it's a quote-unquote perjury trap for him which is not you just don't lie and right. you, you aren't trapped uh and and that's just kind of how he's doing it and this is one of the big pieces and if i sit there and i think about all the things Mueller's going to ask him about giuliani's been leaking those things bit by bit and we've talked about that mm-hmm. on the totally. show before
5: I um also the fact that it came out now that his previous explanation for that meeting was they were talking about adoptions and now he comes out saying it's to get dirt on Hillary Clinton that corroborates something that we all knew all along, which is anytime adoptions are brought up, it's always for something sketchy and it's
1: never adoptions. Yep. Adoption beans. Adoption <laughs> beans. So anyway, um since Mueller, we've talked about Mueller being more likely to write a report than drop an indictment on the president, right, because of the DOJ policy that says, you know, don't indict a sitting president, write a report to Congress. The court of public opinion can weigh heavily on the inevitable impeachment hearings that will ramp up once we flip Congress. So at least for Trump, you know, this is good news, you know, well, not good news, but, you know, this is kind of Trump's strategy, but he's sort of just hanging everybody else out in the wind. Junior is fucked. (laughs)
2: have you lost
0: your mind he's a thief he stole my bike you liar I swear I didn't do it dad
1: not to mention good old Jay Sekulow who adamantly came out on television and said the meeting was not about dirt it was about adoptions uh, and that Trump did not dictate the adoption statement and and much like Kellyanne Conway's alternative facts you know Seculo is now saying well the facts have developed so his story changed with the facts dude Facts don't develop, man. <laughs> they just exist. And the events of that meeting haven't changed. Your bullshit story about it has. So if you believe this dude, you're not the brightest crayon in the sea. Maybe they have a time machine. They're going back and developing the facts. Uh, it's just <laughs> weird. What a weird thought. Like, uh, somebody had uh, tweeted out, like, innocent people have one story and it never changes. It's the liar that has to change their story. And this this is all that uh, the facts are developing. no you knew all the facts and if you didn't you're a terrible lawyer or you have a shitty client which is true (laughs) yeah all right so way back in march of 2017 mccain john mccain said in a speech to the senate that rand paul is working for putin and he said this when the ransky would not support the addition of montego into nato right he's like you're working for putin uh well this week Rand Paul told reporters he hand-delivered a letter to Putin on behalf of Trump when he had a, a bunch of other traitors there with him on the 4th of July. Do you remember that mm-hmm. meeting? The White House said the letter was meant to be a means of introducing Rand Paul to Putin. And and that White House says Rand asked Trump to write the letter. Like, hey, buddy, can you write a letter to Putin so I have a reason to talk to him? That sounds so... Like, what letter what did the letter say like hello vlad do you like rand check this box (laughs) um Uh, my dearest pootie that's rand paul standing in front of you his hair is almost as good as mine xoxo uh dear vlad here are the passwords for florida voting machines wink wink like what did the letter say like meet my friend that's just the weirdest ninth grade thing that i've ever heard in my life it is and what's extra weird is that Russia somehow got a hold of and leaked a Lindsey Graham bill imposing heavy sanctions on Russia. And I'll be goddamned if that wasn't hand-delivered by one of those senators on that trip on July in July. And that that's conjecture, but, put, you know, put some beans on it. And then Trump magically enacted some sanctions this week, which we're due in January, by the way, so don't <laughs> start sucking his hoo-ha now. It's only eight months late. <laughs> Yeah. And bureaucracy. Oh, <laughs> right. Of course. Space force. Um, so, yeah. Sanctions. And, and now th- I, I bet. Um, I don't know. I would love to hear the back channel phone call or code in a picture of flowers or whatever from Trump to Putin saying maybe that's what was in the letter. Sorry. Um, these are just temporary. Don't freak out or, you know, pretend to freak out. Everything will be fine i don't know russia played along though he they came out slamming the sanctions and warning of retaliation like what are you what are you going to do that you're not already doing like what retaliation are you going to cut off our oligarchs like (laughs) release the P tape do that i'm down for that yeah
5: are you going to interfere in our elections (laughs)
1: <laughs> we we know that one. Yeah, That's why I'm like, what else are you going to do exactly. besides completely dismantle our democracy and take a, take apart NATO? What else do you have? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to know, but I'm sure it's just, it seems just like it's probably a fake thing. I don't know. Anyway, Wednesday, um, the special master in the Cohen case filed another update to her report, her final report, saying that the 4,008 pieces of privileged information she had delegated previously um, were not, all actually privileged because she put out the 4008 pieces and then the prosecution said pretty much uh, did like i don't know filed a thing saying for all of them saying no they're none of them are privileged and then she come back she came back and said right you're right 2558 of them are not actually privileged and handed those over to the prosecutor so that's the end of it they have everything now so the clock is ticking on cohen so that's an interesting thing. Then, Lordy, there are more tapes. This time, featuring Jordan's boyfriend, Devin Nunes. She's going to go over uh, that for us later in the mm-hmm. show. Who well, I'm now
5: we... learning is being referenced as a, a cow fucker. Yeah. <laughs> what did you know? I didn't know people were calling him that. No, but what's really funny is, th- I because oh, he fucks farmers, not because he fucks cows. Oh. Okay.
1: I think that uh, you're going to talk about the farming, the farmer petition, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah. All right. Then Senator Warren tweeted that Rusal, a subsidiary of Deripaska's Russian Aluminum Company, is getting an exemption on aluminum tariffs. And they got that exemption days after the treason summit in Helsinki. Oh, really? Yeah. We kind of mm. saw that coming. <laughs> yeah. huh oh, Hmm. And that was one of the the um, sort of faults with the Magnitsky Act is that the, the president can just take whoever he wants off that OFAC list. Just be like, nope, nope. But this is for tariffs. He's like, I'm not going to... You're fine, you know. (laughs) Then Friday, Roger Stonehenge, uh, Rock, Andrew Miller, (laughs) was held in contempt for refusing to appear after being subpoenaed by the grand jury in the Mueller probe. U.S. District Judge Beryl Howell, incidentally, she's the same judge that ruled that dark, muddy donors can't remain anonymous at the beginning of the show. She made a ruling Friday after a sealed hearing. It turns out that Miller held himself in contempt of court so he could appeal the decision... I don't understand that.
2: What? I hold myself in contempt! Why should you be any different? Better take him away.
1: Uh, and then the Manhattan Madam also testified this week to the grand jury. And uh, we learned this week that Mueller subpoenaed Randy Credico to testify before the grand jury next month. September 7th, actually. Which, first of all, tells us that the conspiracy indictments aren't going to drop until at least after September 7th. Um, when Manafort's second trial is scheduled to start, by the way, like three days later, uh, or 10 days later, and and Papadop is scheduled to be sentenced on the 7th as well. Credico is the comedian guy, remember, who Roger Stone claims was his back channel to Assange, and he was subpoenaed last year to the Intel Committee and appeared then. Check this out from episode 5, you guys. Also, Roger Stone told the the House Intel Committee that his WikiLeaks liaison was Randy Cradeco. Credico has now been subpoenaed to testify in mid-December. So it appears that Mueller is circling stone. We've said this recently and he's the only one in the group that hasn't heard a peep from Mueller and he brags about that but that's not something to be happy about because that means you're probably a target. So many beans. <laughs> Episode five. <laughs> I know uh, and I wonder if there's any i was actually going to say if there's any stone left unturned that's uh, <laughs> stupid um it's not. I, wa- I wonder if this if this could be the final piece of the conspiracy investigation or i don't know it could be the beginning we could, be, <laughs> we could not even know but it seems like this is kind of the last group uh at least that we know about that that he's relentlessly going after uh, outside of just trump himself so
5: wasn't the uh Manhattan Madam also doing the whole Nunberg thing, saying that she wasn't going to testify and she'd never say anything against Roger Stone.
1: She did, but she went. Yeah, she probably somebody probably explained it to her. <laughs> I don't know. we I, I don't know where we are in this investigation. I'm feeling though that the end is near. I feel like September is going to be a huge month. I knew this month would be a huge, huge month and it hasn't disappointed. Uh, and I don't know how close up to the election. I know Rudy Giuliani has set like a September 1 drop dead date for you can't do anything after September 1 because <laughs> of the elections are in November. Um, but I don't know what the actual, I haven't even seen the policy. I think it's more of a norm. Um, and so, of course, they want Mueller to, you know, ascribe to all the norms, but they they clearly don't care about norms, except when it comes to this. So we'll see what kind of, Things go down in September or if they get put off until after the election. I really don't know. Uh, But there is a confirmation hearing for Kavanaugh September 4th, and we'll talk about that shortly. So, yeah, I, I really think that it's wrapping up. It seems to me, at least, which brings me to what happens with this podcast after the investigation is over. And a lot of folks in media and listeners have been asking this. And the answer is nothing. We aren't going anywhere. Um, first believe me when I say we could spend the rest of our lives untangling this monster of an investigation (laughs) we've done 41 main episodes over 30 bonus episodes for patrons and as you all know we've only chipped the tip of the iceberg as the experts say because the news is coming at us at this insane pace so there's always going to be a need for a voice for justice in politics aside from this investigation so we're you know we want to continue to be that voice so we're not going anywhere don't worry Someone said we should be
0: um, gardening, she wrote. (laughs) Just like change our name because we we could talk about anything and they would still listen. Oh, i <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you garden on the
1: radio? Yeah, um, yeah.
0: It was just like we literally, because that's how cool our listeners are. Like, I feel like they would be cool with like just listen listening to us kind of take down anything, even if it were the Mueller investigation forever, or you know, just regular news. Yeah, yeah.
1: gardening conspiracies or just
5: foreign influence, or there's a million things we yeah, can do. Just totally. and
1: politics is is always going to be an issue. Um, and and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Trump wants to be president for life. I that's <laughs> ridiculous. I think we need a special prosecutor for life i think there should just (laughs) always be a bob muller just investigating the shit out of our politicians yeah can we we we
0: force him to do it yeah
1: (laughs) we would have to probably put a constitutional amendment in or something i don't know
5: yeah i was gonna say they'd have to be appointed by mars or something something (laughs) something that's incredibly
1: objective maybe the space force can do it oh
5: it all makes sense now (laughs) i was born in space (laughs) come here to save the world
1: (laughs) the aliens have to build the wall though oh man um, Friday, the Boston Globe called on all newspapers across America to publish op-eds or opinion pieces trashing Trump for his attacks on the media. Uh, we're not a newspaper, but count us in. Uh, the, fourth, <laughs> the Fourth Estate is under fire, along with facts which have been referred to as malleable or in, you know, developing or uh, alternative facts by both the Trump White House and the only entertainment cable network he watches. Uh, everyone familiar with Orwell knows exactly what Trump is up to. So this week, I wanted to bring on the author of Orwell and the Refugees, The Untold Story of Animal Farm, and she's also the co-host of one of my favorite pods, Gaslit Nation. Please welcome Andrea Chalupa to Muller She Wrote. Andrea, welcome.
4: Hi, I'm so excited.
1: I'm really excited to have you with us today. So you you had been asked, I just want to set this up a little bit, you'd been asked in 2012 to give a speech... Uh, Or maybe it was earlier than that because you'd done a lot of research. But you you were asked to give a speech at the National Press Club in D.C. And you had collected so much research on on Animal Farm and Orwell that you ended up writing a book about it. And it's all about how a Ukrainian refugee uh, helped get the story out. And and that's very personal for you. So can you tell us about that?
4: Yeah. So this is a very (laughs) long journey. Um, So for many years, uh, since 2004, I was researching, writing a screenplay, uh, a proper feature film, historical drama on Stalin's genocide, famine in Ukraine and the Kremlin information war that covered it up. And I was telling this story through this real life Welsh journalist uh, by the name of Gareth Jones. And it's actually the anniversary of his death this month (laughs) in August. Um, on August 12th, he was killed uh, the day before his 30th birthday out on a reporting trip, research suggests by the the Soviet secret police. And that was in retaliation for being uh, the first strident independent voice uh, in, in the Western media that relentlessly was exposing the fact that Stalin deliberately created a famine in Ukraine. He sealed the borders of Ukraine, wouldn't let anyone out, and took out all the food and had Soviet agents uh, stealing food from the people. And it was, it was a, a deliberate starvation. And in fact, the human rights lawyer, Raphael Lemkin, who first coined the phrase genocide, used Stalin's famine in Ukraine as a classic example of genocide. And the Kremlin to this day continues to de- deny it. And so working on this screenplay, I needed, you know, it, it, nobody wanted it. Like no producers wanted my script because it just—it was so depressing and, and just maybe I wasn't really a great writer at the time. But so I was looking for um, some happier ending, something to give uh, the script some hope and give myself some hope because it's a, a, an uphill battle to get any movie made. And so I turned to George Orwell for inspiration and I was reading Christopher Hitchens introduction to Animal Farm. And just a few sentences in his his introduction immediately struck me. Uh, He wrote that Orwell had struggled to get Animal Farm out into the world. No publisher wanted it. And then finally, some small press put out some copies, and one miraculously ended up in the hands of Ukrainian refugees who immediately understood what Orwell was trying to say with Animal Farm. And these refugees worked with him to create Animal Farm in Ukrainian and give it out in the refugee camps. And I was just stunned by this. So the fact that Stalin's own victims took their power back to get their story out into the world through Orwell, partnering with Orwell. And as I was researching this story, I decided to make these refugees and Orwell part of my screenplay to show that the truth never dies. That uh, Gareth may have been killed by Soviet agents, but his reporting lives on in Orwell's animal farm. And the more I researched, the more I discovered that Gareth, this young Welsh journalist and George Orwell had all these real life connections. For instance, they shared the same literary agent. Um, they were both good friends. With Mal- they were both friends with Malcolm Muggeridge. Uh They were around the, roughly the same age and they were very much interested in the same parts of the world. And so, you know, it's, it's, so I just imagined sort of their, their paths crossing. And so now Orwell was a character in my screenplay and um what was even more amazing? When I put all this, all this Orwell's magic into my screenplay, I took it out to market and still producers didn't want it. And uh, I was, I was like, okay, well, I don't know what to do now. And I went to um, my uncle's ha- farmhouse in the Catskills for New Year's Eve, and I was telling him about this whole film project. And and 'cause I hadn't seen him in a while, I told him like the whole happy ending of the script, the truth comes out through Orwell's Animal Farm, through these Ukrainian refugees and the refugee camps of World War II. And my uncle looks at me and goes, oh, yeah, I have a copy of that uh, Ukrainian edition of Animal Farm. I picked it up in the refugee camp when I was a kid.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah,
4: And and um, my aunt then got up from the table and grabbed the book and, came, and a book had only seen in my research and photos and handed it to me. And so now I have it. And it was just this amazing sign from the universe basically telling me, like, keep going, keep going. And shortly after the script was optioned and we just finished shooting it for four months in in Poland and Ukraine and Scotland with a three-time Academy Award-nominated director, Agnieszka Holland, who grew up in the Soviet Union and in in Soviet-occupied Poland. Both her mother and father were journalists. Her father was arrested by the Soviet secret police, and uh, his official cause of death was uh, suicide while under police interrogation. So this story was very personal to her, too. And we had an incredible cast of actors, all of them, you know, even even actors who would just join us for a day on set for a couple scenes. All of our actors were just phenomenal. Um, The film stars, James Norton as Gareth Jones, Vanessa Kirby as this wonderful reporter who helps him get the truth out. And then Peter Sarsgaard as Walter Durante, the Pulitzer Prize winning Moscow bureau chief uh, for The New York Times, who works the Soviets to suppress the story and succeeds and this what Walter Durante does is so vile it, it's a, it's of course not as vile as uh the October 31st 2016 New York Times story saying that the, the FBI saw no links between Trump and Russia but I think I think modern viewers can understand is what you know what Walter Durante was up to and how frustrating this was so so basically my book Orwell and the Refugees was all of my research and there's a whole Orwell connection I just had all of it so and and so the press club the national press club in DC asked me to present on it and I did and, and I put it and t- I, I put it all online as an Amazon Kindle, uh, a friend of mine, Molly Crabapple, who was the artist of the Occupy Wall Street movement. She did the cover for it. And, um, and shortly thereafter, some college kids in, in, in Toronto called me up and said, we want to send you on a, on a college tour of Canada for two weeks. Would you be willing to do that? And I was like, sure. And they're like, but we need you to make it like a proper book. And so I had to figure out how to make it a proper book. And, and I self-published and I went on this proper <laughs> very drunk college tour of Canada talking about Orwald to all these audiences across Canada and that was so fun and then when I got home to the states the big news was that Ukrainians were launching an uprising against their Putin puppet Yanukovych and when the western press was uh, largely ignoring the story like covering Justin Bieber's arrest in Miami while Ukrainians were being killed by riot police and government snipers I then turned to the network of uh, college students across Canada that I met on my speaking tour for, and and worked with them to immediately activate this hashtag, Digital Maidan, and worked with Ukrainian diaspora groups around the world to quickly launch this like SOS hashtag uh Calling on world leaders, major media to pay attention to protesters who are being killed, fighting for democracy in Ukraine. And within minutes, we were trending number one globally. We got responses on Twitter from the Prime Minister of France, uh, you know, major people like Gary Kasparov, Russell Brand, Bianca Jagger. uh, We were written about in in the press around the world, and that created this big movement to help. uh, Raise money, whatever was needed for um, medical supplies for the protests, and um, we were able to crowdfund to send a videographer over there to do a live stream in English to connect English audiences to what was going on minute by minute on the ground, um, and really sort of compensate for the lack of response from the Western media. So the the whole experience of making this book, Bring you know, Orwell on the Refugees, was was absolutely life changing, and it led to much larger and more important work, which also positioned me to be. Uh, very sensitive and active to uh, the rise of Trump and Manafort. Yeah, that's kind
1: of how I was going to tie that in, because, I mean, first of all, aside from Trump and Manafort and Yanukovych and Temeshenko, aside from all of that, uh, before any of that happened, the number of coincidences that you stumbled upon in your research is astounding. And you're like, like you said, the whole universe was sort of lining itself up for this. And then I I was kind of hoping you could tell me like what, um, like how it sort of went for you after you had done all that research, after you, you know, talked to your family, you got that book in your hand and now all of a sudden we have um, Manafort who had worked for uh, Yanukovych, as you said, Putin puppet in Ukraine, Uh, the you know, the annexation of Crimea the softening of the language in the RNC platform, Uh, all of that kind of just sort of like what what was that like for you to sort of I mean the the parallels are are intense
4: yeah absolutely I mean it was like living a really bad movie bad because it was real life but there were moments where it was like I I was really wondering whether we were all stuck in some simulation by some like advanced (laughs) AI writer's room with a really wicked sense of humor because even moments like during the recounts like right after Trump won I was Desperately calling Alex Halderman's office, and you know the the computer scientist at the heart of the recounts. And this is when we first, you know, days within days of the election, and I, leaving him a voicemail. And I and I turn around and I look, and right behind me is like this menacing black Trump building. <laughs> I was just what? like, okay, all right. <laughs> and so yeah, there's a lot of moments throughout that felt horrible, horrible because wow, this would, for you know, on one hand, this would make a really great film, but on the other hand. Million lives are going to be destroyed by this regime, and um, it's and it's of course going to strengthen uh, Putin's influence around the world as well, which will also lead to the destruction of other lives and alliances. So, all of it has felt terrible and surreal in a way that I, I, I still am not used to.
1: And so, that kind of brings us to your podcast, um, uh, Gaslit Nation, Nation, which I absolutely love. Can and, and I'm so I'm assuming this this probably came out of this reliving of a bad movie that you're talking about um so so what are the connections there tell us about your podcast
4: so yeah when, so when i was on set so we the, the idea of the podcast well sarah and i wanted to do it for a while because sarah and i talk on the phone regularly like we like what you hear on the podcast is what we do on the phone but, but there's a lot more shade throwing and gossiping we're meaner we're much meaner on the phone so we, we kind of dial it back for the audience because, um, cause we, we want people to still talk to us, but, <laughs> but, um, so the, but the, when we finally said, okay, let's get this together and make this podcast happen, that was really, I, I would say born out of, uh, you know, uh, my film because I was on set from, uh, I was, work- I was in Europe, February, March, April, May for four intense months working on this movie. And it was really long hours and it was very isolating and I kept looking at America on Twitter and it just and t- an American Twitter just looked like a pit of screams. Like I did not want to go home at all. And I just kept dreading it. And 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 that's that that feeling of dread is even captured in the film where, it, where Vanessa Kirby playing this um, British reporter based in Berlin has to go to Hitler's Berlin and she's dreading it. And there's this moment, there's a scene that just captures how I was feeling at that time about having to go home to Trump's America. And so, to sort of give myself something to come home to, I, I Skype with Sarah, and I was like, "We we need to do this podcast because I'm, you know, I can't. I need something to come home to that's going to make me feel like I can get through this year." And and so we we reached out to Dame, and they jumped on it right away, and they were they've been really lovely to us. And Sarah and I were like, you know, the whole goal of the podcast was. It, first and foremost, the war is in the mind. Like they're trying to demoralize us. They have this fire hose of terror that's just blasting this corruption in our faces and sort of challenging us, like, you know, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. There's nothing you can do about it. So so what they really want is for people to check out and stop being engaged and just feel psychologically, emotionally defeated by them. And the way Sarah and I combat that is through our friendships, through each other. And so we wanted to broaden our circle of friends and just let everybody in on our conversations and with the hope that, that we can sort of sustain larger, larger, you know, group of people just like we help sustain each other. And cause that's so important for us to be there for each other right now. And, and, and that's really the whole heart of it is, is sort of if you can protect your mind and take back your mind from what, <laughs> from what, from what, they're trying to do to it with this far right. <laughs> and especially like the media being quite slow and, and you know, and, and still debating racism and not sort of reluctant to call lie, lie, lie and racism, racism. So uh, it's just the gaslighting across the board. We want to sort of um, help sustain people during this, during the gaslighting that's just ongoing.
1: Yeah. I, I, we're, that's exactly our mission too, is, is to help prevent fatigue and exhaustion and keep everyone engaged Um, and offer comfort Uh, and I think it's fascinating that you are you know you're kind of realizing your ancestry uh, by doing something like this and I think that it's it's absolutely fascinating to you know battle this whole Orwellian idea of you don't believe what you see you don't believe what you hear uh, fake news uh, etc and and actually working to get facts out there while also keeping people engaged, I think, is, is the best thing that that we can do. So I really uh, appreciate you, and I'm honored that you came to join us today. Um, do you want to tell uh, our listeners where they can find you, where they can find information about the film, where they can find information about your book and,
4: and your pod? Sure. So I guess they can listen to the podcast on Day Magazine by following at Gaslit Nation on Twitter. And for anything else that I do, on, especially in the film, I will be posting on my Twitter account, Andrea Chalupa, so you can go there. But yeah, no, we're, we're really thrilled by all the work that you're doing. And it's everything that you just outlined in terms of you know staying engaged and fact-checking. That's all we were, what we were doing in the Ukrainian revolution to combat Putin's propaganda. So it, it's, it's, it's really astounding that it's a, it, the war has come to America now, this, this information war, and that we all have to you know, stay vigilant and stay engaged.
1: Yeah, absolutely. History repeats. And, and now I think it's it's the women's turn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again, Andrea. It's really been a pleasure talking to you. I love your podcast. Please keep it up. There's room for all of us. We need more of us. And I, I'm i really just I'm I'm so glad you were able to take time.
4: Oh, my God. My pleasure. I'm a huge fan of Mueller. She wrote. <laughs> Thanks so much. I am a huge
1: fan of Gaslit Nation. So high five women in podcasting. <laughs>
4: all
1: right. We'll talk to you soon. I, I, I really want to have you back as more stuff develops. Okay
4: oh without question um thank you so much this is really great and let me know if you need anything and and honestly your podcast is excellent and i learned so much when i listened to it same z is to you <laughs> okay g talk to you later all right have a good one bye she's so
1: great you guys i love their podcast everyone check it out it's a great name yeah gaslit nation yeah so uh, as soon as you're done subscribing to muller she wrote uh Check check out uh, Gaslit Nation. I, they even use the thirty thousand email clips in their intro. Oh, cool. yeah. it's Like we're sister pods. I love it. Oh, yeah. Uh, more news. Friday, the DNC served WikiLeaks by tweet. Um, apparently, WikiLeaks is part of the DNC's lawsuit against the Federation of Russia, as was Kushner. Jalisa, you reported on that. You remember? Oh, yeah. And it it appears you can serve someone via tweet, or at least they're trying to. Um, particularly when they're inside the Ecuadorian embassy in London and you can't go in there or, you know, I don't know. I, I, it, it was an interesting thing. I'm going to talk to Joyce Vance about it in a little bit, too. So Omarosa uh, wrote a book and I don't care. Uh-huh. Um, tweet at us if there's something in there about Russia. Otherwise, I don't need a book to know that 45 is a racist asshole. So. Exactly. Uh, i'm way more interested in bob woodward's forthcoming book called fear it's got some russia news in it apparently and we may cover that in our next installment of the msw book club you can join now by visiting patreon.com slash muller she wrote um kavanaugh as i said before will have his first confirmation hearing september 4th uh did you say that was beyonce's birthday oh yeah september 4th she's a, a virgo oh
0: all right yes well there we go
5: maybe she can say as a birthday present i'd like you all to do anything in your power to uh
0: <laughs> make sure that doesn't go through well she tried to get hillary elected she tried to do everything in her power
1: there and yeah but we got to stop this kavanaugh thing so That's true i'll tweet her yeah do, uh, tweet her. <laughs> she can stop it um do not stop writing and calling your representatives and senators and tell them to do everything they can to stop this nomination until they can push the FOIA requests through to get the documents they've requested. That's insane that they've had to res- re- like resort to filing FOIA requests to get documents to vet this guy. Um, we can't let Trump appoint a guy who thinks the president is above the law with a looming subpoena. Mueller, if you're listening, I hope you find a subpoena and drop it before September 4th. <laughs> um, it's just unbelievable to me the Republicans would block the release of documents for senators to read about a judge they're being asked to appoint. All of this from the party that wouldn't even speak to Merrick Garland for over a year. It's gross. I, I don't know. It blows my mind that that's even our elected officials are doing that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this week Bill Nelson claimed he's he's a uh, he's in Florida. There he claimed that Russia successfully hacked some of Florida's voting systems. Apparently, he told the Tampa Bay Times that Russians had quote penetrated certain counties in the state and now have free reign to move around. God. Um, unquote. And he said the chair and vice chair of the Intel Committee told him to tell the election supervisors in Florida, but the Department of State, um, with good old Governor Rick Scott, douchebag, uh, says there's no evidence of the hack, and they're asking for specific information. It's like, okay.
0: That's, That's so all. scary. Why not even just take a precaution? Is it a
1: money issue for him? Well, no, they need it's the votes. winning issue, oh, yeah. I see, they need yeah, the Russian votes, so... Um, Karen McDougal got her men's journal cover uh, from magazine o- owner David Pecker. <laughs> uh, and this is to feign payment for her story, to make it look like a contract. There was a legit contract, despite men's journal objecting. Say, we're going to lose advertisers, we put her on the front page. Apparently, they didn't even take her picture or interview her or tell her about it. They used old pictures <laughs> and archived content about a workout routine she had. But this whole thing is so that the $150,000 payment to her is not hush money. It's Mm -hmm. a contract, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a catch-and-kill scenario. Do
0: you think that that'll
1: hold up? (laughs) I don't know. It Uh, it made her name so tiny on the magazine cover. It's just like... You can't even find it. Yeah,
0: it's just a weird scenario.
1: Yeah, and Cohen is wrapped up in this, as we said earlier. The Southern District of New York now has all the evidence, and he's under investigation for tax fraud as well. So, I mean, I I don't think you're going to be able to... Uh, you know, two years later, slap an old photo on the cover of a magazine and say we we gave her one hundred fifty thousand dollars for that, not to keep her mouth shut.
0: Yeah, the timing is just really sketchy. Yeah, it
1: is. And then with the AMI lawsuits about the f- fourth woman, and
0: uh, it's just it's ridiculous. And why would men want her workout? I mean, I, I guess I get if it were like you know supposed to be for other reasons, but it's men fitness. Yeah,
1: men yeah. men's journal. It's strange, but Here, so much. Sorry, go ahead. Here's my workout routine for you <laughs> for you fellas.
5: Yeah, yeah. So much of uh men's workout routines is going to a gym and staring at women. so We'll
0: see. They could play that card that it's about the aesthetics, but all their other magazine covers ever were men, so they would have to say that we're taking this new direction conveniently right now for the sake of misogyny. <laughs> it's like, well, they're you know not misogyny, but
1: like you know just sex. sex they, selling. Well, they yeah, but they. They totally protested this, and Pecker was like, "No, do it." Right, like, right. Going to lose people- advertising dollars, so it, clearly it's a cost-benefit analysis for him. Right. To lose these potential advertisers and potential stars, male stars, for their covers in the future. He he. It might be worth it to him to tank the whole magazine just yeah, to just avoid to cover this, this, the
5: political scandal. Yeah, this crime that is the bright side. That it definitely would insinuate that uh, that was a sketchy thing that for sure happened. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm sure though that it's got to be easy to prove. Oh, um, yeah. uh, whether the evidential is direct or circumstantial, it, it, I'm sure it'll come up, and I don't know if he's going to get away with it. The way that Mueller uh, and this uh, this is of course is probably going to come out in the Southern District of New York, but. Even their trials uh, have just been impeccable and super detailed, and I'm I'm sure that by the book mm-hmm. that whole communication chain about covering it up, giving her the cover, making it happen. I'm sure there are recorded conversations with Cohen where they decided to do that. I mean, it's I'm sure they corroborated to, yeah. to prove it was a conspiracy mm-hmm. to to make that hundred fifty thousand look like a legit contract. All right, you guys, that's the week's news. We'll be right back. Hey, Mueller junkies, thank you so much for supporting our show and supporting women in podcasting. I need to ask you for a quick favor that will not cost you a dime. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating, and then subscribe. That simple act goes a long way to helping us get the word out about the Mueller investigation, and more importantly, it expands our efforts to flip Congress blue in November. And don't forget, follow us on Twitter at MuellerSheWrote to be automatically entered to win a PlayStation 4. Don't ask. Thank you so much for listening. We would not be here without you. All right. Welcome back. Hot notes. Okay. Today, Jordan has some tasty vittles on her cowman, (laughs) Nunez. But uh, first, <laughs> if you guys ever grew up in sort of a farming rural area and and ha- like joined the four H club, it's got to be I, like I just imagine it like that. Or like if you've seen Napoleon Dynamite yeah. and he's drinking the milk and he's like, "This one got into an onion patch," you know. Yeah. That's just how I envision Nunes with his old mullet, you know, just yeah. mm-hmm.
5: eating crustless sandwiches. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally.
1: <laughs> I Did do like those. Collecting person. chicken eggs for a summer job. <laughs> do the chickens have large talons? <laughs> Anyway, that's that's how I imagine it. But uh, but first, Jalisa, you've done some research for us on what's happening with uh, Satan's Tower, 666 Fifth Avenue, the Kush building. What'd you find out? That's correct. So uh, last Friday, Jared Kushner,
0: while still working at the White House, mind you, sold off his 666 Fifth Avenue building to a Qatar-linked company called Brookfield Properties. And his company, or this company, isn't just partially owned by the Qatari government. It's their second biggest investor. And so we've previously reported that Kushner was in a lot of debt over this building. It was $1.4 billion in debt, to be exact. And when he first started working at the White House, he was meeting with potential investors and using his government position as leverage. So, um... This is why he eventually lost his security clearance, as we know. He would basically go to the Qatari government and be like, hey, want to buy my building? And they were like, no. And so he'd go back to work at the White House, and he would push for the U.S. to announce something like a blockade of Qatar, which we did. And then he'd go back to the Qatari government and be like, well, now do you want to buy my building? And they'd be like, yeah, fine, you psycho, we'll buy your building. So... um, It's just really strange. It just seems like the Kushners and the Qatari government, after doing some research, actually had a, pre- a really good relationship previously. Just three years ago, uh, Brookfield and Kushner properties partnered up to redevelop a New Jersey mall, and Brookfield also loaned Kushner money to purchase the former New York Times headquarters for $295 million. Not to mention, late last year, Kushner received a 1.8 for- or 100. 100- million loan from a Qatari-owned company called Apollo, as well as $30 million from an Israeli investor just days before he flew to Israel for his first diplomatic trip to the region. So this is kind of just what he does. He just uses his power very openly, very publicly to get money and lots of it. And so it just seems like the only issue is that he got caught up. I mean, he's been doing this for like three years. So it's just uh, it's just crazy. It's like all in plain sight, too. So um, he's obviously gone to the White House with some really clear connections to the Qatari government. And he also went in with a lot of debt, which means Mueller could tie this to his motive. And we now have all this evidence that he's successfully strong armed countries like Qatar into investing in his private businesses, which is why I think Jerry's eventually going to get jail time for this. It's like, I know he's gotten away with it so far, but I think we're at a point where it's just, he's probably just trying to rack up a lot of money to get a pretty nice commissary. When he's in prison, like maybe it's all just like, I know I'm committing crimes in front of everyone, but, you know, I still have time because he can't be arrested probably until they're ready to get Trump. Right. Which is when he's probably not president anymore
1: until they well, until they start dropping the conspiracy or the crimes of collusion indictments, right, right. Uh, but it could it could be separate, uh, kind of like how Manafort's tax and business stuff was kept separate from from the collusion. Yes, they until... could they could drop a, a an indictment on Kushner. But I'm sure what's happening now is is Mueller is. I mean, there's so much. There's so many different lines in that investigation that yeah. it's just taking time. The avenues he could take,
0: that like, there's so many. There's the Jared Kushner way, the Donald Trump Jr. way, Ivanka, and then all of them together. Like, it's just, yeah, you're right. It just, it's a matter of which way he wants to go, right? Which way is probably the quickest or the most, I don't know, maybe the just most the most thorough. Yeah, thorough, like the most sound. Yeah, and if you yeah. think
1: about, uh, if you guys noticed that uh, Rep. Collins was arrested this week for insider trading. Right. Um by Berman, by the way, who's the guy that replaced Preet Bharara. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I know. Hell yeah. Ha ha ha. Their
5: plan didn't work.
1: <laughs> yeah. Berman was installed by Trump and now he's taken down Collins, which is one of Trump's early supporters. Nice. It's not got anything to do with Russia, but the reason I bring it up is because that simple investigation of him being on the board of directors for this medicine company, finding out the drug failed, which is the number, the only thing that keeps this, the, you know, the only thing this company has, mm-hmm. and then telling his son about it and then his son telling seven other people about it and mm-hmm. them not losing you know hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of dollars and they have the emails and they have the phone calls and they have everything that investigation took what a year to put together <laughs> so like it's you got to kind of keep that in it's, mind it's a when, while to get these bigger things and now when you're you're talking about you know cutter saudi arabia mm-hmm. the you intel be, that yeah. he gave to the crown prince uh to you know, to get and then all the different policy shifts and
0: yeah, the Chinese investors like all of it. Like it's all connected with Ong his Ban motive be. and his history. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to take a while. That's right.
1: much bulkier. Uh, yeah. uh, there's t- tons more evidence than there would be in this simple, right. straightforward, and absolutely hilarious insider <laughs> trading case. Yeah, he stepped down by the way. So oh,
0: he did his re- his uh, rebid for election. He yeah, yeah, he's not going
1: for it. So Aww. we actually, it's a pretty solidly solidly read, Uh, area but they don't have the name recognition on the incumbent anymore (laughs) and so the democrat might have a chance that's amazing that's
0: justice in a weird you know karma
1: way so it does tie into flipping it blue which ties into
0: impeachment so there i put it together (laughs) didn't this guy collins (laughs) people can keep listening yeah yeah. (laughs) he also uh, asked or called for the Mueller investigation to be shut down he was one of the first people to say that so it's Mm -hmm. it's always
5: come back to russia it's always about covering up for their guy
1: yeah absolutely how many
5: oh sorry no go ahead how many buildings do you think i don't know let's just say manhattan alone Mm because they're buildings hella buildings Um, Yeah. How many do you think Are owned by companies That are huge players In foreign governments I think all of them
0: <laughs> I think they're all a part
5: it, Yeah it's one of those Billionaire things you do
0: It's just you own Skyscrapers It's like it becomes Like a like the yachts And stuff right It's not even a bad yeah. thing I think right It's like the idea Is that it's just like a, It could be used For money I laundering I
1: just didn't them. think
5: Oh right yeah, That yeah, it can be That, bad that piece of it I yeah, just yeah. didn't really think I, I never see all those Buildings and think Most of these are owned By foreign governments Essentially <laughs> Exactly Yeah <laughs> yeah Or
0: just like these Big players in general Like they want to be You know oligarchs and stuff that are American.
1: well china <laughs> bought the one bank building in la downtown la the one yeah. you know the one that gets destroyed on in independence day oh that's right um <laughs> uh, that's how i know it it's,
5: <laughs> it's its biggest claim to fame i'm
1: like yeah look at that whoa yeah. um yeah it's all you it's a lot of foreign investment it's a lot of yeah, foreign investment it should be and, regulated and, a lot more i think and that they're focusing on um bringing manufacturing back and keeping jobs in the united states but you know we sell the grand parts of our real estate to to foreign investment um and then sometimes we sell visas Mm -hmm. doing that Mm -hmm. um it's it's interesting yeah because there's there's a i think there's a rule um don't quote me on this but if you invest in real estate in the united states or or business in the united states you can get a, a visa
0: yeah. oh so if you're rich enough yeah <laughs> yeah you These can like, you can buy citizenship yeah.
1: oh heck yeah, yeah. That sucks. Buy but if you actually need a safe place to go because your family's being raped and your right, right. son is being recruited into gangs uh no then no, we'll separate you so you, you
0: can't protect your kids while they're raped in the detention camps yes yeah
5: yeah, yeah. do we have to celebrate melania's parents becoming citizens or can we, we do not? not have that to. is
1: chain migration it's disgrace <laughs> It's yeah. a disgrace to this. Oh, wait, they're white. It's fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. I'm,
5: I'm not
0: like angry that they have it, of course, because that's what I, I think other people should have is a better shot. You know, they if, have if, shots. I celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Like other people. Yeah, just, should have just this saying, I celebrate yeah, I'm Im- I celebrate
1: immigration and I support uh, family reunification and family immigration. Right. I do support that. The, the hypocrisy here of someone who uh, basically stands up and says, if brown people do it, they're going to be rapists mm-hmm. and they're going they're going to be criminals in our country right. look at these 5 people on stage they were right. all hurt by criminal it boils down immigrants. to racism
0: so many yeah so many times
1: it's fear it's xenophobia yeah it's, yeah. it's a common common tool and mm-hmm. the, uh, the fact that trump supporters can't see it is just sad right john oliver did a great piece um
0: about the r- racism connection to russia how it's like one of the whitest countries ever compared to the countries that have like integrated a lot more around the world like europe used to be very white and it's still white in a lot of ways of course but like you know their princess is now brown and so that's yeah like, but you
1: heard what laura ingram said right wh- what she say she went on a racist twitter rant or a uh, uh, rant on her show this week saying you know there are certain areas in America that have de- taken such a huge demographic shift, and it's not the way we want America to look. Ugh. And especially in places like California and Man, and as Texas. a brown person, and, this is tough. I'm, and she's just <laughs> like, she's saying, she's basically saying, it's not as white as it used to be. Yeah. And isn't that terrible? We didn't vote for that. She said, we didn't vote for that. Um, i can never relate to that i'll
5: never be white enough
1: to be racist she she got called out pretty hard on it and then tried to walk back her her comments and it was it was dude
5: she's also the one that has that twitter gif of her doing like the nazi salute and then she goes into like a wave it's
1: (laughs) so unmistakably a nazi salute mm-hmm. is. yeah 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 I'm, i retweeted something and this is so funny guys first of all if i retweet something or if i like something it, it does not mean that i support everything they've done <laughs> since birth right right uh there's a picture out there of steve miller um adjusting his coat and he's kind of making the white power <laughs> um sign and snope's apparently is calling it false, even though if you read the Snopes article, it's just their opinion. They're like, "Mm, I think he was adjusting his jacket. There's no... We we haven't seen... The full video to know enough that it's this, <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's an opinion. Then it should be unknown or right, whatever. And so, uh, chill out. Uh, and I promise you, he's a racist anyway. So yeah, yeah, you mm-hmm. don't need that picture or that video. It's just no. we know,
5: yeah,
1: everybody. It's fine. Also, um, back
5: to Laura saying she we didn't vote for those demographics. I didn't know we get to vote on what colors of I would uh, love people to are. See what our, our, that looks like counties,
1: on a ballot. Yeah. <laughs> Will rich people's <laughs> ballots have that on there? Oh <laughs> snap! <laughs> How many brown people do you want to allow in your state this year? 0 to I 10 have no idea. 10, 15. Yeah, that makes so much really sense small now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thanks for letting us in on the secret.
5: Or it's actually
1: called the United States Census where you have to now self-identify as an undocumented immigrant, which it's means it's, we're not going to be able to count all the people and we're not going to be able to get all the support that we need. Yeah. That's yeah. that's hugely xenophobic. All right. Thank you so much for that report. Jordan. Thank you. What is the deal with Cowman? What's going on yes Cowman. with your boyfriend? So, uh
5: just a reminder for anyone that is unaware or doesn't remember, uh Cowman is his name. I guess it's not his name, Cowfucker is what we said and people are calling it because he's from the twenty second district, which is Central Valley of California. It is extremely farmer centric. And uh I'll go into that that fun tidbit about farmers <laughs> signing a or <laughs> putting forth a petition. It's, I'll close out with that because it's just really funny. It's, it's related favorite. to his cowness. I yeah. would be
1: pissed if I was a farmer
5: too. Yeah. Oh, yeah anyway, yeah. you're going to get into it. It's so yeah. funny. Yeah. So uh, first Nunez update. Also, thank you for not referring to him as my boyfriend, AG. I really appreciate that. that was, uh, I did, though. Yeah, thank you. Earlier in the episode. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I did
1: say, What's the deal with your boyfriend? And then I was going to ask you how oh, he's damn. been. Oh, you're starting to tune God it out. It. You're suppressing he it. He hasn't <laughs>
5: been returning my text. But, I don't know. But
1: oh. I did say, um, Well, have you been texting him on WhatsApp? No, that's how you get him. Their yeah. private what email a fool server. server. I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I did put here in my notes that you should get to pick a new boyfriend when Nunez loses his job in November. Oh, thank you. I will
5: happily take Andrew Jans as my boyfriend. I think Andrew Jans is going to his ass. Hell
0: yeah. yeah, can I get a new boyfriend when he's in jail? Like when can I can I switch out? No. Oh,
1: okay. You're a uh, Brody. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh god. Broidy. I know that's rough. No, yeah. you yeah, you uh, Yeah. I think once we find out he didn't pay for that abortion, that's when. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. what we're waiting for. For yeah.
5: context listeners, Julissa and I have made comments that uh, express some sort of fondness about these people. So they've been damned as our boyfriend. I don't even know what I it said about It was about, about looks. It was. Yeah. I, I think that you guys Devin have Nunes. been damned
1: actually by this. But yeah, it, this was um, like many episodes ago. Yeah. We got to uh, go back. It's a tease.
5: It is just a tease. They're, They're not game. really a boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <not> exactly. <laughs> Fuck that guy. So hard. Um, but not because he's not my boyfriend. <laughs>
1: I thought like you said I fucked that guy <laughs> no. so hard. I was like, oh, "God, oh, Jordan, man. you're no. not making my job any harder." We're <laughs> yeah, teasing God. you about this. Case it. is not made
5: without. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so update on my boyfriend. He, he uh, <laughs> this week, you may have heard this reported on Mad Out, but he, there's an audio recording that someone got. It was obtained from a member of a progressive group who attended a fundraiser for GOP representative Kathy McMorris Rogers of Washington State, and Nunes was talking to somebody about. The Mueller investigation and uh essentially what he winds up doing is a couple things in this recorded memo the first one is quote unquote he says if sessions won't unrecuse and Mueller won't clear the president we're the only ones we being the GOP obviously um which is the real danger we have to keep all these seats we have to keep the majority if we do not keep the majority all of this goes away so this is basically a straight-up declaration that the goal in the midterms this year will be to maintain the House so that they can further protect Trump from being prosecuted and not prosecuted. Sorry, I misspoke.
1: Investigated
5: and this investigation from continuing. And what are you going to say? Amy? I was going to
1: say, you know, what's hilarious is that the defense for this, some of the talking heads that still support Trump are saying uh, he didn't say protect uh, you know anything? he didn't say we have to, you know, do this. He basically it's the in the beginning of his statement he said he says re- read the statement again mm-hmm. and we'll go, go piece by piece. Yep,
5: yep. He says if Sessions won't unrecuse and Mueller won't clear the president,
1: we're the only ones. So that right there establishes they have to clear the that, president. That for what his point is in this particular statement is that it is up to them. To clear the president. Yes. And so anyone saying, uh, they didn't say they have to clear the president. They didn't say it was his job to protect the president. The word protect isn't in there. Critical thinking uh, is supposed to be a skill they have, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And and they're trying to take that second part of the statement out and keep it by itself mm-hmm. so that it doesn't sound like, you know, that that's what they want. that think that's we're what the goal is. is. But basic reading comprehension, man.
5: Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, and um, obviously Nunes has been uh, a true patriot, quote unquote, as Trump has called (laughs) him, in that he's been, I honestly, I think Rohrabacher deserves more credit in terms of supporting Trump and Russia, uh, because Nunes is just a face of it. Although he did have the memo, as you all remember, which basically, uh, this is the thing too, it's not even that the GOP in general is trying to stop the investigation into Trump and the... You know, revelations of the effect that Russia and possible Trump Russia collision has had on the US. It's that, like, the Senate Republicans have supported the intelligence community, it's the House Republicans. The chair that the chair that Devin Nunes holds they're mm-hmm. the ones that are just so obsessive about denying facts and just completely gaslighting everything right it's, and
0: this tape definitely explains why for people that weren't aware before maybe didn't listen to Mueller she wrote <laughs> they they wouldn't have made that connection until now it makes perfect sense now why mm-hmm. he was doing all those weird things maybe before they were like oh he's probably just trying to be you know the Donald's advocate and just you know defend a guy that no one else is, is looking out for just for the sake of I don't know fairness or whatever but now it's obvious that with the clearing him, clearing him of what? Why does he need to be
1: mm-hmm. cleared? You're right. And now that he's made the statement, like you said, Jaleesa, that you go back and think about his behavior um, with that goal in mind. Think of that as his mission statement. Mm-hmm. You know, if if sessions won't unrecuse, it's up to us. Mm-hmm. Right. That is behind the motives of all of the creepy crazy conspiracy shit that yeah. he's been doing in congress it's mm-hmm. so obvious to me yeah. i don't understand it must be trump derangement syndrome
5: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then <clears throat> that is not the only thing he said that was so damning actually on that recording another thing that he talks about which is very very interesting and i don't think we've really talked about this in these exact words is he suggests that in regards to impeaching rosenstein The reason why GOP is not supporting it right now is because they know they need GOP. They need the Senate to be focusing on Kavanaugh and getting Kavanaugh through. So he's saying that they need to prioritize Kavanaugh getting through right now and then keep the House and then every GOP member is going to be supporting impeaching Rosenstein. Totally. And that, I think, could be a legitimate game plan, especially on behalf of the House GOP. I'm hoping that the Senate GOP keeps consistent because I think that their loyalty to the IC extends past... Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, you know, I, I I think that them refusing, you know, Jim Jordan's pitiful attempt at <laughs> introducing articles of impeachment against Rosenstein. I believe that DOP legitimately shut that down because they shut it down yeah. not because I, they're postponing it. I think it. it's right. Yes.
1: It, otherwise, Paul Ryan would have said. Uh, This is a viable thing Let's park it and we'll talk about it After we confirm Kavanaugh But that's not what he said he was like Y'all nuts this is stupid we're not doing this shit So you don't
0: think Paul Ryan is on board Mm With he's that. not on board. He's, I think he's, yeah, he said he's spineless much. and waiting to get out. He just wants to leave. <laughs> but if he were sticking around, I think De- I think Nunez is trying to stick around. Is N- the idea? Most right? Republicans are not. We're not on board with the impeachment of Rosenstein. Really? Of course, and yeah, not no. for this reason. You don't think? it's that absurd. No, okay. Okay. Full okay. on lie. So he's on his own. Nunez is kind of on his own. And this is what you're saying. I mean, well, the there's House a couple intelligence,
1: other Yeah, the, right. the
5: Republicans of the House Intelligence but Committee. But
1: Nunez was there with this woman behind this fundraiser, not thinking there was no press allowed in, thinking it would never get out, and somebody was. Like, what are you going to do with that impeachment of Rosenstein? He's like, we want to, but we have to wait because we have to t- focus on Kavanaugh. You guys want Kavanaugh, right? right? And that's just an absolute giant pile of bullshit. Right. And by it we,
0: is. he just means a handful of house people. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah Meadows, well, Jordan,
1: you know, the little group of six. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever.
5: I'm not saying it's not possible that if, you know down the line they see that as the most viable option at keeping power that mm-hmm. they they're willing to go after rose design. I i i do not put that past the gop right i do not think that they will do that Though, got it got it yeah, yeah. agreed
1: i don't I, I think that they introduced it to see what it would be like it was pretty fringe and everyone was like no
5: yeah okay you fucking yeah like it is crazy but they, they, they are kind of crazy your own me. grave in the most desperation public in times yeah yeah awful.
0: i think it's like a hail mary this whole plan is a
1: hail mary
5: yes and i love how quickly it failed it was so satisfying mm-hmm. jim jordan just like
1: that nunez memo which by the way <laughs> says that the fisa warrant was not based on the steel dossier mm-hmm. just so you know mm-hmm. uh, uh-huh. ha-
5: yep yeah there's like multiple things that yeah came before yeah, not that he idiots. read it or anything yeah <laughs> yeah exactly i didn't read sorry <laughs> my name is devin nunez i uh okay so continuing on with devin nunez and his uh re-election going into what we were referencing before uh, the, the cow fucking allocation <laughs> which again is just like a it's a deep state term for him <laughs> but basically it's this idea that nunez goes around in his district that is filled with farmers and tries to say that he's a friend of the farmers he whatever has all he these ties. A farmer he's yeah, a farmer ex- i'm a farmer exactly and he's constantly saying it and the farmers who by the way are largely like gop members they're not progressive people they're sick of him misrepresenting himself as a friend to farmers or someone that even farms
1: and when we say they're not progressive people we mean like uh, socially uh, social democratic progressive yeah, yeah. yes progr- like not, they're not
0: liberal yeah yes yeah
1: we're, we're not using the word progressive to you know we're not saying like those are right, progressive right. people like no they the 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 farming in California is some of the most high tech, incredible stuff that goes on. They feed the world, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's and yeah, just like you said, they're tired of his shit. They're tired of him coming up in his, in his you know five hundred dollars shoes, saying he's a farmer, <laughs> and and they're like, no, you're not, man. And don't insult farmers that way. Yes, right. right.
5: Also, though, quite literally, they like this story reports that. Um, they voted for Trump, so they're 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 yeah. not they're not Democratic. The people that are bringing this, they're not Democrats. Exactly, yeah. Uh, the effort to okay, so sorry, I'm jumping out here. Oh, so okay. ba- basically, some someone uh, submitted a petition to the Superior Sacramento Superior Court to make Devin Unis stop calling himself a <laughs> farmer on the ballot. <laughs> the, the petition was filed on behalf. Has it on the ballot? Th- that's where it, that's what they're trying to do. It's oh my god. Yeah, it's an initiative that's funded by a Democratic pack but they got people that voted for Trump and and are like not you know like tons I said, of they're not from, super progressive people, yeah. yeah, to be the face of this because they're the ones that are actually affected by Nunes lying and not supporting them and not being for them in mm-hmm. the way he says he is exactly. and he, how he should be because his whole representative, like his whole district is fucking it, so tied to the farming industry.
1: And a lot of them are probably not pro-Trump anymore because of the tariffs that are weakening the markets where they can sell things like soybeans and almonds exactly. and, and all of the things that they, you know, that they, that they grow here in California. We're, again, we're one of the biggest agriculture producers Users in the world, and um, that is a an important job. And to be toyed with like that, I would be pissed too. Exactly. You know, like you're taking away my markets, and you're calling yourself a farmer, and you you know you haven't been in, in decades. So please don't put farmer on the ballot to confuse people or to falsify information. It's it's like a lie.
5: Exactly. So um, three people in the district: Paul Buxman. He's a Danuba stone fruit farmer, as well as Daniel O'Connell and Hope Nisley. They are advocating that he stop <laughs> being mandated to stop calling himself a farmer. It's hilarious. Uh, O'Connell is an active advocate for local farmers and is the executive director of the Central Valley Partnership. His Facebook account lists his occupation as an ecosystem services consultant for the University of California Systems Agriculture and Natural Resources Department. So this is a very, very, very smart dude. Very involved in the uh, farming community and all of their science. Uh, He doesn't quote, I don't believe Nunes has had any income from farming for at least 10 years. He has some interest in a few wineries, but he's distanced himself from those and says that he has no, different. Yeah, it's, it's very different. And so, yeah, I don't see any cows and farmeries. It's like Trump uh, saying, "I've a uh, wineries, wineries in Charlottesville." <laughs> yeah, uh, and he says that Devin has no involvement in their day to day management, even if you were to count a winery as farming. Uh, so again, when this comes out, people are saying these are deep state farmers, uh, and really, you're 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 wrong because Bucksman is a stone fruit farmer. He says that he used to be a Devin Nunes supporter, which is crazy to me. And he's just tired of Devin Nunes calling himself a farmer when he is not. Because the well, his well's gone dry, for example, like his literal well. <laughs> so his water source has gone dry. He's lost orchards due to lack of water. His neighbor's workers have been targeted in ice audits. And the recent rush of tariffs have ruined the markets for his crops.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the whole, I think it's coming down to now where finally people who voted for trump are actually feeling the negative impact of doing so with tariffs with immigration they're losing their workers um and they're finding out now that they indeed were voting against their best interests um the tax cuts didn't come through uh nunez he's never in his district he's always in dc or in new york or whatever Um, And it's yeah, they don't feel represented and I don't blame them and we're really pulling for for Andrew up there
5: Definitely. Yeah, and also I'm gonna live fact check myself. I cannot confirm that he voted for Trump So don't take that to heart. Okay. Okay. Just that he was a Devonina Oh the stone fruit guy? Yeah, stone fruit guy (laughs) Um, But they're supposed to get resolution on that uh, proposed ballot measure i guess on august 30th so we'll do an update just for funsies that's amazing yeah and yeah the cow thing comes from uh them just saying that he's basically screwing over farmers so the more aggressive people are labeling him oh, as a cow fucker. way funnier than what no, i thought yeah no actual allegations of bestiality here as that much as that be beneficial to our
1: that's yeah to we our do not campaign. condone any <laughs> yeah. any, and, any part of that <laughs> shape yeah. or form all right, well, thank you very much. Thank you, Jordan. Oh. And like I said, you should get a new boyfriend when he loses. Yeah, you, you know,
5: do. I would love to as soon as I'm released from my past comments. <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, are you ready for Mananigans?
5: Yeah.
2: Phenomena. <laughs>
1: All right, guys, the Manafort trial was lit AF this week, uh, and I'd like to go over it in our new segment, Mananigans. Um, That's Manafort shenanigans. This segment will be around for as long as Manafort is on trial, so who knows? Uh, That could be a while. Uh, This one actually is wrapping up, but there's another one. Yeah, there's always going to be, I think, another trial. Dude, we for, could follow him in prison, put for a webcam. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it seems God. invasive, but if yes. he agreed, if he agreed. Look at the Manafort in his natural mm-hmm. environment. Dude, Jail. Yes.
5: Get David Attenborough to just narrate in
1: <laughs> Manafort. Or the Honey Badger guy. Oh. Paul Manafort don't give a shit. Oh my gosh, that'd be cool. Paul Manafort don't care. <laughs> All right. So day five of the trial was Monday. Rick Gates was uh, on the stand and Monday he told the court he and Manafort committed bank and tax fraud, but the stunner was that he admitted he had stolen hundreds of thousands of dollars from Manafort by filing false expense reports. He, he embezzled. And it was funny because he wouldn't say the word embezzling and the, and the, uh, I think that actually came later, um, in the cross-examination, but they're like, so you embezzled. He's like, I, I falsified expense reports. So you embezzled. He's like. I falsified expense reports. You don't want to say it? I'm like, he goes, why does it matter? And then he turns around to the jury and goes, I embezzled money from Paul (sighs) Manafort. It was just hilarious the jury likes him more now <laughs> and um i, I want to be clear first of all i this guy is a criminal and an asshole uh and i gates yes, yeah yeah he's a terrible human being he's garbage and i but but that's just funny to me it is funny it is. i embezzled flipped. money
5: <laughs> yeah if anyone flips they automatically go up a little bit of a notch in my book yeah yeah just a peg or two yeah, yeah. still shitty
1: Mm-hmm. He is cooperating with the government, so yeah, exactly. I guess that's a, a silver lining. But he, for his terrible, terrible existence. um Anyway, it makes sense though that that this would come from prosecution because it takes it away from the defense in case they wanted to use it to paint Gaines as a shitty guy, which is their was going to end up being their whole defense. um But he does go to jail for one hundred years if he lies on the stand, so that's God. probably not likely. Uh, then there was there were spats between Ellis and the prosecution again. When Ellis read them the riot act for unnecessary questioning about the motivations of billionaires, then they had a pretty heated argument for about 10 minutes with Ellis criticizing uh, Andres, the guy, one of the prosecutors, for not making eye contact and rolling his eyes. Look at me. Um, He also banned the use of the word oligarch and had a back and forth with (laughs) Andres about that, all in front of the jury. Then late in the day, another big argument happened between Ellis and the prosecution about the pace of the trial. Ellis kept telling andres to get to it and andres replied we're at the heart of the matter and ellis just yelled just listen to me and as the gates testimony continued ellis would continue uh, urging andres to hurry it up continually interrupting saying next question and he would be okay next question and he would just like do that like
5: seems yeah like a, dick he like well, well, he seems he fun talk about what <laughs> i'm gonna say
1: um yeah put a pin in it bring it back they they also called a treasury employee to the stand monday who testified that manafort and gates did not report their foreign bank accounts and we learned that manafort made over 60 million dollars working in the ukraine um, which we learned from the testimony of cindy laporta which started friday but continued into monday morning Uh, she talked about how manafort avoided paying taxes by using shell accounts in cyprus and creating loans and then forgiving them and incidentally, remember that one time uh, in Manafort's notes from the Trump Tower meeting where he said use Cyprus as inter. That now says to me, and this is conjecture, oh, yeah. but I'm right, that they actually discussed paying Russia for hacked materials in that meeting, and they were going to use one of Manafort's shell companies or shell bank accounts, one of his dozens dozens of Cypriot accounts, as an intermediary to pay the Russians.
6: Mm. So Makes look sense. for that.
1: Look for that in upcoming superseding indictments on Manafort for crimes of collusion, as outlined by the Rosenstein Scope Memo. Put some beans on it. And be sure to check out episode 23 for the information on that Rosenstein Memo. We go over it in pretty good detail in episode 23. Day six of the trial, Tuesday, Rick Gates was cross-examined by the defense, but the big surprise was the defense repeated questioning about Gates' extramarital affair. And he used a lot of that embezzled money to pay for for that affair, uh, including renting her a flat in London and stuff like that so what a toad yeah. <laughs> what a toad day 7 day seven, more Rick Gates and the big story on day 7 um, is that right at the end one of the defense lawyers hinted that Gates had had four affairs saying did you tell the special counsel yet that you actually engaged in four extramarital affairs to which the prosecution immediately objected the defense here was trying to show that Rick Gates wasn't being truthful in his testimony But the prosecution objected immediately. There was a long sidebar up at the bench, and they put this white noise machine on so the jury can't hear him talking. Mm -mm. Uh, And that has been put under seal because apparently uh, it contains info about, quote, ongoing and open investigations. Mm. In indicating that Gates is still working with special counsel, to me at least, this is clear evidence that he, maybe he slept with Butina or Ribka, Um, but it's somehow tied to crimes of collusion. So one of his additional extramarital affair affairs has to do with future superseding indictments for crimes of collusion. And
5: I wonder who it is. Yeah. Wow. Them bringing that up. They thought it was going to help their case. <laughs> Little <laughs> to know, it's going to come back and probably be a nightmare for them.
0: What if it's a Broidy related thing, too? Because it, could it have involved... You think he had sex with Brody? Well, I mean, that too. <laughs> now that you mention it, it's kind of a Yeah.
1: He had an extrovertive. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I shouldn't baby. limit to binary yeah. uh, mm-hmm. gender norms. <laughs> I, I shouldn't. Can't, it I could can't, be anyone.
5: I can't believe that attorneys at that high of a level, defense attorneys, mm-hmm. are doing that tactic where they bring up things that are supposed to just divulge, you know, deficiencies in their character that are completely irrelevant to the actual investigation like they should know better that that's going to get shut down immediately
1: well and it's also a common thing though even if it gets shut down immediately the jury can't unhear it they always say you can't unring the bell and and that's something lawyers have been doing defense lawyers have been doing especially when you don't have a case yeah uh forever they're like oh what about your penis being small withdrawn you know (laughs) jury will strike that from the cop oh Yeah. yeah okay well now we know he has a small dick
5: it's so yeah they like do that to victims of sexual assault too and stuff like they'll try to get them all caught up in details that don't match up perfectly after they separate their time on the bench by months at a time so
1: fucked up Mm -hmm. yeah that's sometimes you know that's yeah it's gross Now, of course, on day seven, the judge continued giving an extraordinarily hard time to the prosecution about hurrying it along. He berated them when he learned one of their witnesses, an IRS agent, had been watching the whole trial from the gallery, even though Ellis had allowed him to stay. And they had to force Ellis to go back to the transcripts to prove to him that he said the guy could stay. And then Ellis goes, I don't care what the transcript said. Maybe I made a mistake. Don't do it again.
5: What a baby. Yeah. Dude. Grumpy old man. Fucking send him Gerber's.
0: But doesn't he also like treat people like crap when he thinks they have a shot at winning? Just not necessarily like intentionally, but just like it's a coincidence. It's almost like he subconsciously is tougher on people that he thinks.
1: I don't think it's subconscious. You think it's conscious? Yeah. And and I I think I will get into that because you're you know, you're right. Sometimes in order to make sure that the appeals process, they they can't poke any holes in the case by being unduly difficult on the prosecution Mm -hmm. because you think they're going to win. It's kind of like how Mueller is doing his due diligence with this back and forth uh, with Giuliani to make sure that if he does a subpoena, nobody can shoot it down for him not doing uh, everything that he could. Totally. So Ellis doesn't ever want anybody to come back and question his judgment or his ruling or the outcome in a courtroom. And it helps prevent hung juries. And it it does all Mm -hmm. this other stuff. But it's it's also just a kind of a dick. Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So day eight, Thursday, the trial started with an apology from Ellis. Saying he was wrong to criticize prosecutors in front of the jury, and he told the jury to not allow that to sway them in any way. So that was nice. <laughs> uh, also on day eight, That's two a shitty judge is <laughs> kind of a grumpy old man. Um, also day eight, two different banks testified that Manafort faked his profit and loss sheets. We reported on this. Do you remember what we talked about how he asked Gates he got, he got his profit and loss statement in a PDF document, and he asked Gates if he could transfer it into a Word document. And then it, the formatting got all fucked up, and they tried <laughs> to change the profits, and it looked obviously stupid and completely doctored. It was like bad Photoshop. It was almost like that uh, Donald Trump Jr. Photoshop where he made uh, Trump's approval rating go from 40 to 50, yeah. and it's so yeah. bad. <laughs> like, stop. If you're a Republican, stop trying to do Photoshop. <laughs> and stop trying to amend pdfs you suck at it hire someone Mm -hmm. but i've you know you probably don't want to do that because we would testify against you Mm -hmm. Uh it's just hilarious to me to watch them try to do technology it's so funny it makes me feel so much better about myself
5: this is the son of the man that called in and falsified another person saying what a great
1: man (laughs) he (laughs) was yeah Anyway, these banks, so they got these profit and loss statements, changed their profit, like added $3.4 million. And the banks said, they testified, they would not have lent Manafort any of the money if they had known that, if they had seen their real profit and loss statement. And then we also learned from the Airbnb guy that Manafort listed his Soho condo as a second home, saying he lived there full time, which saves you a shitload in taxes when actually he was renting it out on Airbnb and not paying those taxes. But then a second sidebar happened that was put under seal. And in a filing uh, Thursday, Mueller's team said that it wanted to keep that sidebar under seal because it related to an open and ongoing investigation. When the defense asked Gates, quote, were you interviewed on several occasions about your time at the Trump campaign? Unquote. The prosecution objected. Before Gates could answer, and they had a sidebar. And right after, Ellis called for a break, during which the prosecution discussed, quote, ongoing criminal investigation into Russia meddling and possible coordination with the Trump campaign, unquote. Mm, They said, quote, disclosing the identified transcript portions would reveal substantive evidence pertaining to an ongoing investigation. In addition, sealing will minimize any risk of prejudice for future trials from the disclosure of new information relating to that ongoing investigation. That, to me says that that indicates they will they're planning on having a future trial and a future jury for these future indictments and also he quoted is saying the government's concern would continue until the relevant aspect of the investigation is revealed publicly so it's coming out Hell yeah i think that's blatantly clear evidence that superseding indictments from for crimes of collusion are coming which we've been saying so we're going to need some bigger beans (laughs) and then came friday Friday was weird. The judge granted the request from special counsel to keep that secret conversation sealed. But then something weirder happened. The trial was held up for several hours after another bench discussion about the Mueller filing, criticizing Ellis uh, and requesting he tell the jury to ignore one of his comments in order to prevent them from misunderstanding the gravity of the testimony presented to them. When the prosecution was asking about a $5.5 million construction loan that Manafort applied for but did not get, Ellis said, quote, You may want to spend time on loans that were granted, unquote. And the prosecution said that that statement misrepresents the law regarding bank fraud conspiracy and improperly (sighs) conveys the court's opinion of the facts. You don't actually have to get the loan to break the law. It's like attempted murder is a charge still. Yeah. (laughs) And so he said, um, the, the Mueller's team said it, that could likely confuse and mislead the jury. And this sparked speculation that there could be a plea deal because they had all this sidebar and they took five hours. Um, but honestly, I think it was just the judge telling a jury to ignore what he said. Uh, he marched him in later and reminded them to keep an open mind and that Manafort's innocent until proven guilty, seemingly in addition to something else he may have told them behind closed doors because he, he did go into the jury room for a, a long time. And then after, the, after he went into the jury room after they had that bench discussion, which is sealed now, um, and he was in there for a while and then, and then he let him go earlier for lunch. So I don't think there was any flipping, um, but, you know, we're going to talk to Joyce Vance about that in a minute, too. And Day 9 was also the part where Manafort got $16 million in loans from Koch, who was promised a job as Secretary of the Army, uh, but apparently was also promised, like, Secretary of Treasury and the HUD Secretary, which is what Ben Carson got. Fuck. We learned that uh, the two loan officers who were given used immunity for this trial said that they felt uncomfortable about Koch wanting to lend Manafort money so badly.
2: I didn't have the money. And I thought to myself, join the Army it's
1: free. So they were totally cock blocking. <laughs> um, also on day nine, which is Friday, BT dubs, uh, prosecutors filed a motion asking Ellis to revisit another comment he made in front of the jury. And the prosecution says it will likely rest its case on Monday. So I found that fascinating uh, about all these sealed sidebars. I found it really interesting. Like there's like three big ones. And so I felt compelled that I, uh, I wanted to talk to an expert. Joining us today is one of my favorite MSNBC contributors. She's a law professor at the University of Alabama and previously served as the U.S. attorney in Birmingham under Obama. Please welcome Joyce Vance. Joyce, thank you for agreeing to appear on Mueller, she wrote.
3: Glad to be with you.
1: Well, I'm very honored. Your your insights on MSNBC are always succinct and educational. So I wanted to bring you on today to talk about the sealed sidebar conversations that have been going on in the Manafort trial this week. So can you explain what those are and maybe why they wanted them under seal?
3: It's very interesting. This looks mysterious and maybe even devious to folks who haven't spent a lot of time trying cases in a courtroom. But really, when you're trying a case, these sort of things happen a good bit. And the reason for that is juries should only hear evidence that's properly admissible in a case. And so judges will speak privately with lawyers to determine sometimes what that evidence is, if there are any other issues in the trial, and to make sure that at the end of the trial, the jury has only heard properly admissible evidence so that whatever the result of the trial is, it can be affirmed on appeal. So I think it's important to to put aside um, the fears that some people seem to have, that there's mischief afoot here. That said though, these sidebars have been pretty interesting. I think the most important one came during the cross-examination of Gates, the government's star-cooperating witness in this case, when he was asked by the defense on cross-examination about some of his conversations with the government, and the government objected, and uh, proceedings followed six pages of conversation between lawyers and the judge that are now sealed, which means we can't see them, at least for now, but what emerged is a clearer picture of Gates's value to the government. And so this notion that although he's cooperating in the Manafort case, there are also other ongoing investigations that he's playing a role in. I think we've suspected that all along. Gates's plea agreement holds out hope that he will in fact not serve any jail time if his cooperation with the government is fruitful. And so that tells us that he had something very valuable to offer the government. The government was uh, willing to indict Manafort without Gates's assistance. When they filed that indictment, they didn't know that Gates would cooperate. He was a named co-defendant. So that tells us that although he has value in the Manafort prosecution, the primary value he has to uh, the government is probably in, in other areas. And we can speculate about what those might be if you want
1: to. Well, yeah, no, I think you're, you know, that's a really good insight because, I mean, we've been speculating for a while now that there's probably, you know, especially since that four-page redacted Rosenstein memo came out about the scope, uh, and it, hit, it said Manafort was uh, able to be um, investigated for crimes of collusion, whatever those might be. I, I, I understand there's several that could be in there. But uh, these little sidebars, particularly the one you mentioned, kind of indicate that there is open, there are open and ongoing investigations, potentially with Manafort, um, or even just as Gates being, he continued, I believe, to be part of uh, Trump's campaign after Manafort left. So I think that that's um, a really interesting indicator. And then, of course, we also had the sidebar where they took that, the defense took that parting shot about four women. Um, extramarital affairs and then they they had their little sidebar and put that under seal as well so it's rare it's all very interesting
3: it is you know and the defense's strategy is to dirty up the government's cooperator and convince the jury that they shouldn't um credit any of his testimony of course he was the person that manafort chose to be the government's star witness in effect so we'll have to wait and see how that plays out with the jury
1: yeah, I agree, and I'm I'm also with you that I think that the um the delay that happened on day nine was the the you know I think it was several hours, it, but the the timing seems to be you know the the government the prosecutors filed filed their motion um, about curing something with the jury. The judge went into that jury room for quite a while, uh, and apparently it got fixed, and he came back out, brought the jury out, did roll call, and let them go early to lunch, and then they picked up right after lunch. So I don't see it. I kind of don't see anything going on there besides a a curative um, situation with the jury as well.
3: Yeah, you know, it's tough to know. There was a lot of speculation that perhaps a juror had been exposed to some outside information, which, of course, juries shouldn't have happened during a trial, and that the judge painstakingly may have spoken with the juror and with the lawyer's in order to make sure that that juror could continue to fairly deliberate. These things happen, not frequently, uh, but Judge Ellis has been thorough about maintaining the integrity of this trial, and, and that action would seem to be in keeping with his general approach.
1: Yeah, agreed. And I think that some of the other uh, speculations uh, that were coming out about there being some sort of a a flipping or some sort of a Manafort deciding to (laughs) cooperate. I don't know that there was time in there for in those discussions for that kind of uh, situation.
3: Right. I saw that speculation you know, sometimes a defendant won't actually decide to plead until he realizes that the evidence is in and that he is inevitably going to be convicted. But Manafort certainly knew that walking into this trial and is willing to roll the bones for better or for worse.
1: Yeah, correct. And he has a whole other trial coming up in September. So there's right. there's always
3: right round round two on slightly different charges. And it's worth pointing out that Manafort had the option. The government gave him the option just doing it in one indictment. And he insisted that they indict him on these other charges in Alexandria where there was venue. That meant the, the location that was correct for the government to bring charges. He could have waived that and, and dealt with this in the course of one trial, but he apparently wanted to have two.
1: Yeah. and Okay, so here's something that I had mentioned earlier in the show that uh, kind of confused me. And it's about the Andrew Miller subpoena. And they've been trying to get him in for months now. Uh, and he's been... Um, working through, through that, but then apparently he held himself in contempt of court so he could a- appeal it. I'm not quite sure I understand that move. Can you explain that to me? This is
3: very interesting, and I'm not entirely sure what's going on here, because the judge uh, sealed these proceedings, and yet the lawyers came out of court and talked about it, and they indicated that they wanted their client to be held in contempt so that they could tee up for appeal, The issue of whether or not Mueller has proper jurisdiction as special counsel. You know, this argument we've seen before, Mueller was illegitimately appointed, therefore his indictment of Paul Manafort should be dismissed. They lost in the district court. Now they're trying to get that up on appeal. But typically, when a court seals its proceedings, you don't see the lawyers walk out and talk about them. So I'll be interested to see if the judge has any comment on what happened after her hearing concluded
1: yeah, that will be interesting to to <laughs> to hear about. Um, and then one final weird question that I saw on Twitter this week that apparently the DNC is suing the Russian Federation. We knew that from uh, maybe a, a couple of weeks ago when they were trying to serve Kushner in that case. But they apparently uh, process served WikiLeaks via Twitter. Is that how much legal weight does a Twitter serve hold?
3: So this is absolutely a brilliant strategy. Um, In the DNC lawsuit, of course, there will be some legal proceedings, I'm certain, to determine whether or not service by Twitter is now a good form of service, but WikiLeaks is notoriously uh, unavailable for service of process in legal proceedings. And the, the DNC, which is helmed by my former DOJ colleague, Tom Perez, who is the Assistant Attorney General in the Civil Rights Division, and a very fine lawyer and tactician, apparently came up with this strategy of serving Wikileaks on Twitter, where Wikileaks is present. And they went to the judge, and the judge authorized this service. And so yesterday, we saw this really interesting tweet from a process-serving firm announcing that they were serving Twitter in this very public venue. I haven't seen that before. Perhaps it has happened, and I'm just not aware of it. But definitely worth watching. This could become a very interesting way of serving entities that are present on Twitter but that don't have a physical office where they can be served.
1: Yeah, that's pretty amazing. They could set a precedent.
3: It really could. This could be a very interesting, very important development and perhaps an unforeseen consequence to some of these folks of using Twitter.
1: Yeah, I was I was pretty taken aback by that. So I, I I'm sure they'll it'll go through the courts and it'll it'll probably be appealed and all that, but you know, who knows how they're how it's going to shake out. The judge did approve it like you said, so and and again, I think one of the points of of process serving at least after looking at what happened with Kushner is is your due diligence you try every single way that you possibly can and exhaust all of your options and and I think that this they just found a creative way to add another option to to, to kind of solidify the 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 whole thing. Do you know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah. I think you're exactly right. And it's going to be very interesting because you mentioned, and I think rightly so, that this gets worked out on appeal. America is getting this sort of law school education as a result of the Trump administration. And so far we've been involved in criminal investigations and trials. And now it looks like America is about to learn about the appellate process, so that's great from my point of view because I'm an appellate lawyer and and think that that's an important part of the process, but really many of these issues are decided only preliminarily in front of a district judge, a trial judge. And then they move on to one of the 11 circuit courts of appeals in the United States or some of the specialty appellate courts for a, a decision by a panel of judges. So this great adventure that our country is on together to explore its legal system is about to enter a new stage.
1: Yeah. And I, I again, I'm, I'm so honored that you were able to join us today. You, you've clarified a lot of things for me. Uh, everyone, you can follow Joyce on Twitter at Joyce White Vance and always listen to her when she talks on MSNBC. She knows her stuff. So thank you so much for joining us today.
3: That's so nice of you. I'm a huge fan of the podcast and it's an honor to
1: get to join you. <laughs> wow, that's so great to hear. We'll talk to you soon. OK, great. All right, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Mueller She Wrote. The she in Mueller She Wrote is no accident. Did you know we are 100% women-owned and operated? Every single person that helps make this podcast possible identifies as a woman. Our creative and web design, our engineer and producers, our editors and digital media manager, our agent, our ad execs, our merchandising manager, and even the postal service clerk that helps me with shipping in our P.O. box. All women and all LGBTQ plus allies. We will continue to employ and partner with women as our podcast grows, but we could use your help. Please support women in podcasting by visiting MullerSheWrote.com and become a patron today. You all ready for the Fantasy Indictment League? Yes! Yes. right. well... Before we get into this You had put a pin In something When we were talking About um, the Manafort trial What was it You wanted to say Jordan Yes
5: yes yes Thank you uh, Just another thing Of Ellis being a baby He had apparently At one point I forget which prosecutor Was exactly But he was he started berating a prosecutor and said that he's like i understand you're upset but you have tears in your eyes right now i can see them i can see you have tears and he was like i don't have tears in my eyes judge <laughs> can you please like I'm not to say to that assholes. That's yeah. what, what's going on yeah i just thought that's incredibly unprofessional that's it, yeah. that's ridiculous all in
1: front of the jury exactly That's um, just interesting and I, I really hope it doesn't affect it in right. any way
5: and it's like if you're trying to like you said before i think that's very true that he's trying to you know make this super sealed tight in the event of appeals but tears in your eyes that has nothing to do with what's going to come up in appeals that's not helping anybody Mm -mm. maybe he knows the
0: jury will sympathize to that because the average person would be like hey this judge is really mean so
1: maybe we'll consider that yeah no, maybe I,
5: just focus on your job first before doing It's yeah, a lot of games it, <laughs> yeah. it seems like. i don't
1: think it's games i think he's just an asshole yeah um and we've heard this from multiple multitudes of prosecutors who who've tried cases in his courts he's just a jerk he's just an angry bitter old man and i mean maybe he's a very happy guy and he <laughs> just gets it all out at work you know i don't know uh maybe that's like his kickboxing i i really don't know what the what the situation is but uh I don't know him very well, but what what I do know is the mountains and mountains of evidence in this case are heavily weighed against Manafort, and I don't, th- I'd like to think that none of this a-holery uh, <laughs> on display by Ellis is going to have any effect on the fact that there are stacks and stacks of documents and proof right. and that tax fraud and all this stuff. Yeah, place. Yeah. I think you'll be found guilty on 10 counts, so. Totally. All right, anyway, back to Fantasy Indictment League. Um, let's see uh with the with the clue for me this week in the muller subpoena that credico is go is not going to testify until september i'm taking stone and assange off my list this week because you can't get stone without credico's uh thing his testimony Mm -hmm. or you can but i don't think he will he's kind of a tie up all the loose ends sort of fellow So I'm taking Stone and Assange off my list, and I'm going with Donald Trump Jr., though now I think there won't be any conspiracy indictments, at least until September. Um, But I want to put uh, Donald Trump Jr. and Kushner on there. And it's Kushner because, Julie says, you and I talked about earlier, that he could be indicted on all these financial crimes aside from a conspiracy, and that could come out prior to then. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Donald Trump Jr., just because that brings me joy. (laughs) So Kushner Jr. um, I need the high point value, too. Uh, Cohen, but he'll be indicted in the Southern District of New York. But that counts. These don't have to be indicted in, in the Mueller investigation. It's as long as he's wrapped up or referred by. And I think uh, Butina could get another superseding indictment. Um, those count, by the way, superseding indictments. And then one rando Russian that I've never heard of. So put me down for that. Okay. Rando Russian, uh, Butina, Cohen, Kush, Jr. Those are my five. What about you guys?
0: Nice. Yeah, mine are the same. It's just like a little uh, emphasis on Kushner. Because, yeah, with the Manafort financial stuff, following the money, you're right. I think that would be something that could come way before the collusion stuff. Because collusion will probably be an afterthought for a lot of people after they see all the money. It might be easier to just have the case after they make those connections.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, the stuff that he could have, stuff that Mueller could have on him and conspiracy could be... I
0: mean, I think it's would be Yeah, but the money stuff is just like it's right here. It's easy. It's just like right it's low here. Low hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And it's kind of like the Russians, the Russian indictments and totally. the Manafort indictments, the Gates indictments. It's it's, it's low hanging fruit,
5: mm-hmm. right? Um, what are our superseding indictments points? Are those separately? It's oh. it depends on who it is.
1: Got it. it okay. But it, an indictment and a superseding indictment are the same value point okay, for it. depending on the person.
5: Okay, then I for sure am adding Boutina, because I think you're totally right about that. Um, Stone, if he continues to refuse to respond to his subpoena, I don't know. Maybe would it just go straight to indictment?
1: I think he would really wants to get that uh, Credico um, testimony, though. I think he really needs it. He wouldn't be going after it so hard if he... I mean, they've t- tried to get him in like four times or something, and he's been refusing. Yeah. Now he's put himself in, in contempt. Um. Hmm. or was that Miller that was Miller, my bad, uh, yeah Mil- Miller- Miller they're not- all stone people,
5: yes, yeah, and then yeah, the Manhattan madam who has gone in now, their whole ring of criminals, mm-hmm, hmm. okay, well, I'm gonna keep stone on there, just 'cause fuck that guy, yeah <laughs> all right yeah, um uh, d t j for sure, really hoping Kushner. God damn! Why is it taking so long? Come on! Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> why would it take so long to take his security clearance, man? Yeah. This guy. No, I mean I think it's probably just indicative of um, how close he is to Trump. So that's actually probably good. True. That, yeah. So let me that let me cover that.
1: Clarify: Credico is testifying September seventh. Miller is the guy who held himself in contempt and ref- is refusing to testify. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I remember us
5: reporting on that a couple yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, which is we? It, yeah, because he doesn't even seem he's a big fish in that he knows a lot, I guess, but
1: yeah i don't he was a scheduler um so stone scheduler so Mm -hmm. he would have known all the meetings when they happened uh and that is some probably corroborating testimony that Mueller really wants before he you know throws the cuffs on on stone
5: yeah i think that's fair i agree with you miller would not be indicted so taking him off your indictment list is what you did right or did you ever have him on your indictment league
1: oh he's on there okay i i just mean
5: oh i thought you were taking him off
1: I'm taking I'm taking Stone and Assange off because I don't think that um, because Miller is delayed um, because he's holding himself in contempt of court <laughs> and uh, Credico is delayed he's not testifying until September seventh and I don't think that Mueller will and Stone's the target in that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's going to get stoned until he wraps up the investigation with those two. So there's a few more. And weeks, I don't think probably. he can indict those two until after he interviews them either.
5: Okay. Yeah. Got it. I get it. So you're so just down tailoring your league to like this week. Yep. It's this ah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay I yes. feel like
0: Jarrett, man, I can't wait any minute now. I, I, I stand by it. But yeah. Tina, though, she's a good, you know, she's arrested, but like, what did they get her for then if it's not Lying
5: indictment?
1: and conspiracy. Okay. Those are her two indictments so far. There we far. go.
5: Okay. Yeah. So more indictments. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Once again, on this week, if Jordan doesn't understand how fantasy football works, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm in the same boat.
5: Yeah, I'm gonna. Okay, I'm gonna I say, wonder if
1: people bet on our picks and then it's like fantasy, fantasy indictment. Ooh, League. that's meta. Yeah. Thank you.
5: Okay, I'm gonna do D. T. J. Kushner, Butina. Um, I don't think Assange is going down this week or Stone. I totally agree with that. Miller, that'd be great. Who fucking holds himself in in, in contempt of court? What? I've never heard of that
1: apparently it's to file an appeal you know that's what joyce was saying and, and she didn't get it either she was like i don't know where he's going with that something how he wants to appeal his own thing yeah so, mm, and uh, just, i have one more
0: question it, Mueller's trying to wrap up in the next few weeks you think right i don't know not even like a theory like i think we were talking about it I earlier. i think he'll wrap
1: up when he's done
0: yeah so like it probably would go past the midterms
1: you're, you're thinking I, again i don't know i don't know what Mueller thinks is the date he has to stop dropping like not he's not going to stop investigating right right. during midterms but he's not going to drop any indictments in a window around the election and i don't know what his window is even if people are saying like it'll interfere with the election if you do it you don't think he'll care about that like he'll just go with
0: whatever no i'm saying he's
1: not going to drop any indictments oh okay okay and maybe maybe it's september 1st to the day after the election oh okay i see or maybe it's september 15th to the day or maybe it's october 1st to the day after election Mm -hmm. i don't know what muller's Because Mueller will not interfere with the election. He will not do it. So he's not going to drop any indictments near the election. But I don't know what his So there'll be pre-election indictments and
0: post. And I'm trying to think.
1: There might not be pre-election indictments. He might not be done uh, in time for his window, whatever that is. If he wants to get everything, you know, if he's going to stop September 15th dropping indictments. So he doesn't interfere with the election and he doesn't wrap up the September 7th stuff with uh, Credico or he doesn't get Miller in like he wants to. And he can't drop all of the collusion indictments until he has Stone, which means he has to have all those Stonehenge guys. (laughs) He might not drop any indictments until after the election. Mm -hmm. I just don't know what his time frame is. The weight of indictments
5: in a blue wave, too, would just be generally better, Mm -hmm. uh, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Just for morale. Right, I guess. It would. It'd be good for everyone. Yeah, (laughs) Um,
1: I think maybe a subpoena to Trump, not an indictment, but a subpoena to make him testify prior to Kavanaugh's hearing would be helpful.
5: Mm. And that's pretty innocent. That's not going to fuck. I mean, it could fuck with an election as it should, but it can't (laughs) be any. And no one could be like, fuck Mueller for subpoenaing someone. It's not like it's a
1: super big move. Mm, I mean, it's a huge move, but it's not as big of a move as indictments of people like Kushner or... Yeah, that's why I'd like to see that subpoena happen sooner rather than after the election. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, he might not do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big move. Not like a kill him move. (laughs) Yeah, All right. Did we get a winner for the PlayStation?
5: Oh, I was gonna ask Julissa about that. You were gonna, you were gonna do that, right? Remember, we. Oh, had, I'm sorry, I thought you were gonna do it. But well, we had the person. Well, we had that's, a winner who wanted, wanted to donate. Donate it, it. Exactly. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you were gonna do it because you had talked with her about. You had like seen her little. Like, You're her right. That was yeah. Stuff. That was my move. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So and it's funny. I talked to her. We're like, transparent here, guys. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so we're gonna announce that next week. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That's good. PlayStation 4. <laughs> now I'm gonna get you a PlayStation 2. I'm kidding. Oh
5: also the reason it's taking so long is because we've picked like a million people four or five but yeah. uh they don't respond to us yeah they didn't get we've back been to reaching us. out to people and then and the yeah. last
1: person we picked was like oh that's so cool i want to donate it so mm-hmm. now we're going to find the next next person down the line yeah um yes transparency and government and media <laughs> and playstation and podcasts <laughs> All right, Are you guys ready for sabotage yeah. yes <laughs> this week in sabotage I found a story from our buddy Scott Steadman he dropped it uh, the day we record this which is Saturday and it's about Carter page our friend um, and how he found out that energy investment group here's the headline energy investment group claims 350 million in capital commitment from Carter page after 2016 election Mm So an investment company that's based in Vegas, that's your hometown, right, Jordan? It is. Uh, And this investment company with oil and gas interests in the Middle East claimed that they got a commitment of $350 million from Carter Page's global energy capital after Page's involvement in the Trump campaign. Okay. So the, the investment company, they're called RD Heritage Group. All Republicans have heritage in their. <laughs> <laughs> well,
5: I don't like it. Uh, uh,
1: they claimed on their website that they had secured a capital, uh, capital commitment of hundreds of millions of dollars from Page and his company, basically saying $350 million in capital uh, commitment by Global Energy Capital, an investment management and advisory firm focused on the energy sector primarily in emerging markets, which means the Middle East. Uh, global Global Energy Capital was founded by Carter Page. Uh, Carter spent seven years as an investment banker at, at Merrill Lynch in London, Moscow, and New York. Carter was also a foreign policy advisor to Donald Trump. So, in and this this is important because in in when Page testified to Congress in November of 2017, he said he had no other income beyond passive investments in 2016 and 2017. And when asked to clarify by Swales Swawell, he reiterated he had no clients. In 2016 and 2017 so he lied to congress Mm -hmm. uh with no clients and no income and no public business transactions it's entirely unclear how he thought he could come up with 350 million dollars for this um, investment to rd heritage and but there's email messages and calls or well what i should say is that uh, i know stedman tried to email and call them and page and everybody and, and they none of them would uh would comment on the story um their registered address is a ups store Um, where this $350 million was going to come out of. It's a UPS (laughs) store in Vegas. Um, And the only other deal that they had going on since 2013 was earlier this year with something called Lean Life Health. That's a Canadian pharmaceutical company. Um, And RD Heritage and all of its partners are, are actually not accused of any wrongdoing. They were just, Page offered him $350 million. So the question is, first of all, he lied to Congress saying he didn't have any clients. And he told Congress he had no money. So where's he going to get $350 million? Mm-hmm. Where do you think he's going to get that? Um, I, I'm thinking, um, do you you guys remember the Rosneft sell-off that, uh, that uh, Trump was supposed to get 19% of? That yes. That Carter Page was, yes, uh, yes, yes, yeah. was a um, broker for? Maybe that's what he thought he was going to use to do this. But yeah. wherever it comes from or wherever it maybe didn't exist, the, the the fact of the matter is that he lied to Congress. So I was wondering, that's why I have it in sabotage, if you thought that you might want to bump Page up to your fantasy indictment league.
7: Mm.
5: Yeah.
1: And remember, it's just for this week.
5: Yeah, for this week. I'm going to say no for this week because I think it would take longer.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'll say the same, but it is interesting. Same
5: for DTJ and Kushner, though.
1: Yeah. But they're
0: on my
5: league. And he dresses so
0: suspiciously.
5: Also, I still have two left, so I'm going to say yes and a uh, random Russian to finish line up. He
0: dresses like the guy in the neighborhood watch pictures,
5: doesn't he? <laughs> I was the asking. trench coat, the shadow man? Yeah, he looks like the
0: guy they're asking, trying to look
1: out for. <laughs> I was asking Scott, like, how was he, did he think he was going to pay 350 billion million? Was he going to have, like, a floppy hat sale? Like, would... He's Inspector Gadget. He's he had right.
5: no money. Yeah. 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 I just assume these people always have pools of money flowing in somewhere. I just I, have no yeah. clue which one it would be.
1: And I don't know if it's specifically the Rosneft sell-off or if it's just some other thing that the Trump campaign had in the works that he had his fingers in. It could be any number of millions of bad deals. Or, you know, when I say bad, I mean, well, they're bad.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, shady deals. Who <laughs> The Nolas. key to
0: collusion is multiple streams of income. <laughs> yeah. <exactly>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> totally. All right, you guys, it's time for Q&A. So this week, um, well, we don't have like a theme song for <laughs> Q and I, I was
5: gonna say there's just a, a piece of dead space there. Now?
1: We'll get something <laughs> next week. Q and A, do do do. Okay, that's <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, yeah. So I we wanted to do a couple of uh, reviews. You guys have some reviews that you want to read? Oh Ooh, yeah. yeah. This is these are my favorite. Our our one star reviews. Wanna <laughs> start <laughs> good or bad? Our hilarious. Oh, let's go. Let's let's start bad and then we'll end up with the nice one so that oh, i feel okay. better yeah,
5: yeah yeah, okay i um i can do well actually i'm gonna pull it up really quick Julie, yeah so yeah i'll have, go ahead if you if you have and have um, I'll do the
0: first one so this is from dave davy crockett 22222 oh. two, 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 two. he said three words trump derangement syndrome and then a winky face <laughs> i think the winky face is suggestive i think he's like i like it <laughs> like, but he gave us one star he did so maybe he's like snarky about it but he's like I don't know. I just think. Smiley I think faces he's just old and he pos- doesn't
1: understand emojis. Oh, that's the Yeah, sad truth. Probably kind of like how Manafort can't figure out PDFs. Yeah, and uh, D- DT Junior can't figure out Photoshop. That's true. That's I probably. think trolls
0: are just so mysterious sometimes. They right? they could be pretty simple too, but in this case, he might be trying to tell us something.
1: Maybe he's Russian. Maybe he's. Te- yeah, maybe he's trying to There's tell a us a lot he's of Russian. numbers in his names. Two <laughs> two 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 two. Yeah.
5: yeah. Why all the twos? Yeah. Hmm. Suspicious yeah. amount of
1: twos. Very interesting. Reminds me of the M- Mitch Hedberg. I wish my phone number was 2222222. Two, 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 two. And people are like, how do I get a hold of you if you mean, just press two for a while? <laughs>
5: <laughs> That's funny. He has an odd number of twos, I think, also, yeah. which is really not OCD. Yeah, five twos. In this name. That does mean 10 odd number of even numbers.
6: Yeah. So is
0: it? I wonder, does he like the number two itself or does he like 22? Davy
1: Crockett.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't know where it ends. Where does the madness end? King of the Wild
1: Frontier. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Tweet us, Davy. Trump derangement syndrome. I've yeah. been I've been
1: hearing this go around, and to me what it sounds like is that people are saying that Trump has derangement syndrome, and I oh, agree that's with terrible. That.
5: You should get that checked out. That is sad. Yeah, yeah, it took me a while to decipher that negative review. I didn't really <laughs> understand exactly
1: what they were saying. And then they put a winky face.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he likes it. I
1: think it's, again, misunderstanding of technology totally. yeah. by Republicans. <laughs> yeah. Very by Trump weird. supporters. I shouldn't say Republicans. I should say uh, Trump yeah, reporters. emojis,
5: yes. reviews, the whole thing. They're just to- confused. They're very confused. <laughs> What's yours? All right, so uh, mine is by Mission Accomplished starting off bad Mm, that's not a good uh reminds me of bush too much Mm -hmm. (laughs) and okay so this review is from uh it's titled nasty language (laughs) it's she says or he women talking like 15 year old boys with phrases like lube the truth there's more snide and snark than facts Mm. Mm.
1: yeah i think that your misogyny you can't see past women using the f word and therefore you don't hear the facts yeah people love lube the truth
5: yeah they Mm. love to yeah and also it's a fucking two-hour long podcast we have more snide stars than facts shut up <laughs> and calling us boys that's a uh, I i mean that no would i take no offense boys. to being called boys would i take offense to women not being able to talk in ways that apparently only boys talk like yeah
0: well, oh i guess that's really what it gets down to the misogyny like you were saying ag
1: but it's yeah. kind of has a woman sound to it, it right does. that's what I it sounds like a lady like a like disapproving a, mother exactly mm-hmm. 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 exactly yes. nasty language you.
5: and i've never heard a man be like these women in their nasty language <laughs>
1: Well trump called hillary nasty that's
5: nasty
0: true. That's woman. True. And what's up with the name, Mission Accomplished?
1: Oh, that's an old Bush thing where he, after the war, he's like, Mission Accomplished. And then it totally wasn't, and we're still at war. They're not
0: pro-Bush, or they are pro-Bush? They're pro-Bush. And then
1: Trump also used the Mission Accomplished thing, and everyone laughed at him. Like, maybe you shouldn't use that because it's one of the biggest... political faux pas in the century <laughs> mm-hmm. um so anyway what and about some good ones we got any good ones oh yeah oh, we yeah, have so many good plenty ones of
0: plenty of good
5: ones um okay if i say one julissa that you already had you can stop me no problem. i have a lot okay, okay so i like this one this one is from jim in ohio too also another two i don't know it's called must listen podcast for the trump resistors uh having consumed many many podcasts surrounding the trump russian scandals this one this is one of the best not sure why someone wrote it was low quality sound. Audio quality is great. And the show has high production values as well. Shout out to Jalisa. Oh, thank you. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Smart, funny, and insightful. MSW is what podcasting should be. Thank you, Jim.
0: That's awesome.
5: Yeah. Thanks, Jim. I, uh, Five I like
1: Five stars for one. you, Jim.
0: Yes. Right back at you. All right, give us one, Julisa. Okay, this is from Abby Buzon or Buzzon. Uh says mind blowing facts. This crew is hilarious and smart and amazing. If they're wrong about a fact, they come back to it and correct themselves. That is how you know they are good, honest journalists. This is my new NPR. <gasps> yeah. Um <clears throat> Thank you <laughs> That uh, is a big
1: compliment we, uh, that's Are we journalists? I
0: mean I don't call myself one But I don't I'm not one to tell someone What to call me sometimes
5: <laughs> I mean if you uh, Yeah that's true What is the definition Of a journalist exactly? we reporters maybe, I think yeah. to a degree We I report think we're,
1: I think we're fourth estate But I don't fourth know <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that's like I feel like so legit. That's crazy. Yeah, that's sometimes, a huge compliment. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, Abby.
5: Sometimes we get insights from guests and stuff that may have not been previously
0: reported. And, and they're right. journalists. Yeah, so, I mean, if they <laughs> if they like us. And I am
1: strong <laughs> with the imposter syndrome, as we've discussed. So mm-hmm. maybe it's just me not feeling like I'm worthy of that. T- yeah, I don't
5: know what the definition of... Yeah, maybe you should look that up. That's hilarious that we're having a conversation about this. Yeah. Because we all have imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> um, did all you right. want more? Well, nice yeah, one ones? more age. One okay. more age. Okay, okay. This one is... Um, Uh, how to choose all right this one's called try one episode you will not regret by four six forever Hmm. don't know what that means uh with frequent swearing and a blunt truth that is not matched anywhere else these three ladies cover the Mueller investigation with wit and charm not found elsewhere While I was initially looking for a recording of congressional debates, I cannot be happier I accidentally stumbled across MSW. Whatever uh, your politics are, MSW explains every detail of the Mueller investigation with proper background so all may understand what is going on in the day's current politics. While MSW is unapologetically progressive, listeners will enjoy a refreshing return to a main focus of the defense of public information and democracy. Damn,
1: she must be into fifteen-year-old boys because <laughs> <laughs> she likes the way we talk. So, oh my mm-hmm. goodness, that is such a thorough review. That, that really is so nice. cool. There were
5: more time. sentences. Yeah, actually. forty-six <laughs> forever. That's what's up. Yeah, four four six wh- four, forever.
0: Four four six yeah. forever. Yeah. Nice. I have a, a short one to wrap it up. Uh, this one's called "Put Some Beans on It" oh. by Autumn Joy. Uh, another winky face this one seems positive though and uh, they say (laughs) you're going to love listening but hate waiting for the next episode thank Mm. you ladies Guys. Yeah, Yay. that's like that. I hate to see you leave but I love to see, watch you walk away. <laughs> yeah
1: Yeah, with a little less uh, sexism in a true but yeah. true. <laughs> but I
0: mean I think when it's from a woman, <laughs> Autumn Joy, I just assume that's a woman now that I think about it, I'm part of Do the Do you know problem. why
1: they want they love to see you walk away?
0: Um, because of my butt. Yeah. All right, just checking. Yeah, just it's swimming. empowering I think if it's coming from certain you know, I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> empowering <laughs> in the butt stuff.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Thank you for leaving reviews, everybody. It's yes, very nice. Seriously. Definitely. Yeah, stop by Apple Podcasts, give us one, we would love you. Um, and subscribe uh, It helps uh, get the word out Believe it or not uh, The whole point, our mission on this podcast Is to make sure everybody who, who can Will get to hear this So that they can understand what's going on But also not experience the fatigue From the mainstream media or, or the. Um, and I'm not slamming the mainstream media I'm just saying, you know With a little fun and light-hearted Uplifting and comforting remarks Maybe it helps mitigate fatigue And exhaustion from, from all this news So, uh, in order to get the word out for some reason, uh, you gotta subscribe on Apple and leave us a review. That's the <laughs> best way to do it. They've they've told me, and uh, but you know I can't edit PDFs or use emojis yeah. properly, so I might not be the right person. We uh, should do an edited version of a bad review, a bad Photoshop. Like fix version. that for you. <laughs> yeah, I did that one time, but this somebody tweeted out uh, something about. I love how Obama and Hillary are giant pieces of shit, all in caps. And I crossed out everything except I love Obama and Hillary. Yeah. And I said, here, I fixed your tweet for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, <laughs> but like blacked it out, like obviously. That's yeah cute. That's Didn't even try to Photoshop it. All right. Yeah. So we've got a couple questions this week. At uh, T Ferrandino asked if there will be a scheduled protest to protect Mueller. The only one I know about is the one that would be triggered by Mueller or Rosenstein's firing. And for info on that, you can check out trumpisnotabovethelaw.org. Uh, and then you can find the uh, protest near you for when that happens. At underscore radiator cat. Yay. Uh, wants to know if I think Hope Hicks interaction with Trump is obstruction or witness tampering. And uh, Marissa Gabrielle says, quote, Hope Hicks meeting with Trump on a plane. Witness tampering or butt stuff? I know. Do butt stuff tonight. But I want to do butt stuff tonight. So as you probably all have heard, uh, Hope Hicks boarded Air Force One this week with Trump to go to Ohio. And for a group of people who flipped out about Loretta Lynch meeting on a plane on a tarmac in Phoenix with Bill Clinton for 10 seconds, even though she had nothing to do with the Hillary investigation because Comey was taking it out on his own, which is why you guys wanted him fired in the first place. So what? (laughs) Um, You can't come to me and say he went rogue and he did it himself without talking to his AG and deputy AG. And so that's why he's he's was fired oh but look the deputy the ag is talking to bill clinton on the plane so they're totally conspiring because she's in charge of that investigation you can't say she is and then say she isn't whatever shut up um you know what i'm talking about (laughs) but yeah she boarded the plane and i you know someone was like maybe she was wearing a wire and and no the secret service won't let you on uh with a wire they'll find it um so I doubt that that's the case, but mm-hmm. I'm sure Mueller will, might want to bring her back in and ask her what happened on the plane. Uh, I would. So we might be able to look for that subpoena soon, or she might just voluntarily go in and speak to him about it.
5: Yeah. I saw a headline that suggested that maybe she could, It's it was an opinion piece, I think, um, that maybe she's thinking about getting back into working for him or something.
1: Oh yeah. She was going to take a position at his campaign doing something, not his, yeah, for his campaign, for his 2020 campaign. Oh Yeah something yeah. like that or maybe work back at the White House with them or something like that yeah I can find the source and bring it back next that's week. weird uh, at big politics nerd wants to know the word for the frustration we all feel waiting for indictments kind of like the political equivalent of blue balls <laughs> well as you know I've compared it to waiting for the beat to drop in an EDM song but uh, at Sam Stanton says it's called sadistic edging <laughs> and he says that's a new phrase I'm like no that's a pretty that's old funny. phrase
5: I feel like it's a purgatory yeah yeah yeah, like we're all kind of being punished, sort of, for Limbo. not staying on top of all of this as a citizenry, you That's know? That's meta. Maybe?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. It falls into the simulation idea, too. You know, whether yeah. it's religious or whatever, it's
5: like the idea is that we're all kind of left behind. Yeah. <laughs> we took our democracy for granted and fucking sicknesses have taken over. Mm-hmm. It's not our fault, though. It's their fault, but I'm yeah. just saying.
1: Apathy. Yeah. Um, it's everyone's problem. Uh, Sam Stanton also wanted to know something uh, now that Peter Smith is back in the conversation. But Peter Smith is the guy who killed himself, remember, with the no foul play note. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's, God, yeah. there's a BuzzFeed piece out on him now. And, and um, at the time, Shane Harris told us he felt that there was no foul play as his suicide note read. But he says he never felt right about it. So let's go over that timeline. I, I went over this timeline this week when I spoke at the Kremlin annex protests. Um, June 7th, 2016 that was Giuliani's pre-Trump Tower meeting meeting do you remember when he was like we had a pre-meeting Trump wasn't there that was June 7th and that night Trump promised a speech about dirt on Hillary the following Monday then the next day June 8th Russia launched DC leaks and then on the 9th was the Trump Tower meeting with Veselnitskaya two days later on the 11th Assange appeared on UK television saying Hillary dirt was coming and then on the 13th Trump was supposed to give his dirt speech, but didn't, likely because he thought he'd have physical emails in his hands from that meeting. Uh, But instead, they just promised they would set up the uh, dirt and agreed to set up leaking outlets like DC Leaks and Guccifer 2.0 with uh, payment going through one of Manafort's Cypriot intermediaries. Remember his notes from the Fusion GPS transcripts? Mm -hmm. Um, June 14th, next day, Russia launched Guccifer 2.0. And the next day, Guccifer leaked DNC and DCCC emails. Then between then... Between June 14th and July 27th is when Peter Smith was looking for Hillary's emails on the dark web. Said dark web folks had reached out to him, and he went to this guy named Tate at the FBI and asked him to verify if these were really Hillary's emails. Um, and then, of course, July 27th, Trump gave his public wink, telling Russia to hack Hillary. Right? If you're listening, mm-hmm. 30,000 emails. And hours later, they attempted to, but never succeeded that we know about. And Peter Smith, as he was working with Kellyanne Conway and Clovis and Flynn and Bannon. And BuzzFeed is now reporting that Smith spent money looking for Hillary's emails and even set up an account to manage the cash flow. 88 total transactions with about $140,000. The FBI agent um, that he was working with or talked to named Matt Tate, who warned Smith that whomever was saying they had Hillary emails was likely a part of Russia's campaign against the U.S. to interfere in the elections. The word is that Flynn was in contact with Smith about all this, Peter Smith, and he's been cooperating with special counsel for a while now. So we might see this in a separate indictment from, from the Trump Tower conspiracy, or it could have all been connected. We just don't know. My guess is that it was one of several side efforts, uh, and Flynn is going to bring down, I think, probably Clovis, Kellyanne, and Bannon along with that, now that Peter Smith is deceased. Mm. So, that's an, all the weird trying to find Hillary's emails and who was coordinating it, yeah. and I think that Stone is such a big piece of that. And at speaking of that, Chris Bliss1 says he used to think Stone was a bit player, but now he suspects there's something about Assange and Guccifer we don't know, possibly a big deal. Well, that's it. Here's what I think. I think that in the Trump Tower meeting with Vassal Netskaya, Donald Trump Jr. and Manafort were promised hacked emails, so they set up, uh, they agreed to set up DC leaks in Guccifer 2.0, and Manafort was uh, said that they could pay them to do that out of one of his Cypriot accounts. And Stone uh, said he knew a guy who could get WikiLeaks for the Trump campaign instead, and that person is Credico. And uh, they'd be way better at deploying hacked documents and emails. WikiLeaks is just a much bigger platform than DCLeaks or Guccia for 2.0. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, they said were Romanian and not tied to Russia, but the indictments that Mueller dropped proved that they were. So the Stone was the go-between for the Trump campaign and WikiLeaks. So who knows better whether or not Manafort also paid WikiLeaks, but he certainly paid Russia. And so you can put some beans on that if you want. That's all conjecture, mm-hmm. by the way. Wild conjecture. It's wild. And at... Johnny O 75 says to be honest I'm kind of a hater I'm not at all happy that people have found the Muller She Wrote podcast you all have no idea how smart I was sounding <laughs> to all my friends when special counsel discussions started now they know I'm a fraud oh, that's funny <laughs> thanks Johnny uh, you guys that's the show any last thoughts
0: <sighs> no I think that covers so much <laughs>
1: it was a lot this week it was so much yeah, yeah. I okay. feel like
5: more and more hope is dropping every week though yeah hope hicks
1: well, it's, yeah, it's definitely picked up about three weeks ago and it hasn't stopped ever since that treason Megasode. You should check that out if you haven't. And um, it's, yeah, the the news, I think is not going to stop until maybe we get that little election break, you know, from Mueller going silent, radio silence for, so that, that, you know, because he's, he's 100% going to make sure he doesn't interfere in the elections. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, for for both sides so anyway thank you guys so much for listening please become a patron subscribe to us on apple podcasts we love you so much our seriously our listeners are the best listeners in all the land so (laughs) we really appreciate your support and i thank you so much from the bottom of my heart i've been ag
0: i've been Jalisa johnson i've been jordan coburn
1: and this is muller she wrote Muller, She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Jaleesa Johnson. Our sound engineering is courtesy of Resonant Recordings. Market consulting by Amanda Reeder at Unicorn Creative. Our digital media director and subscriber managers are Jordan Coburn, Sarah Lee Steiner, and Sarah hirschberger Valencia. Fact-checking and research by AG with support from Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our web design and branding are by Joelle Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is MullerSheWrote.com.
6: And And this this is is how we win.
1: MSW
2: Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct.